developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And just like that, we've made it to the point where after this weekend, we'll be talking about Origin Team's box head. Yeah, it's fine, isn't it? It has fine, yeah. <clears throat> no lack uh, of interest as usual out of the weekend. A couple of big scores, plenty to talk about. Anthony Griffin being let go today, Craig Bellamy staying on another year for the Storm, so as usual, yeah. there's never <clears throat> a dull moment in rugby league. There's not. <clears throat> I do feel like the standards plateaued a little bit for whatever reason. I... You know, we're seeing a few more blowouts, uh, not as many close games. So we're starting to get into that grinding period where mm. players are probably looking at origin, teams have got injuries, um, yeah, other fatigue teams, starting to set in, some teams haven't had a bye. Yeah, other know, teams all, all have played their way into shape who didn't have an off-season. It's sort mm. of that seesaw all around for all different circumstances. Yeah, certainly some teams that are feeling the pinch and some mm. teams that are starting to cruise get, a little bit. Getting um, to their peak. Like, you look at someone like Penrith who started a bit slow. And look at what they've done sort of the last month. Yeah. And, and then you look at, you know, your manlies of the world who are mm. just struggling to patch together a team. Uh, the Roosters who are just struggling for some form and particularly some players in the halves. Mm. And similar deal again, I guess. They've had a lot of chopping and changing that stability mm. for a few weeks, but now they're back in a bit of a turnstile. They are, yeah. Um, Interesting part of the year, particularly when you know that some of these teams are going to be highly impacted by origin as well, which is... Interesting. Mm. But we've got plenty to talk about, so we'll jump straight in. Thanks to bluebet.com.au. There's no one better than the True Blue Bookie. Download the app today or visit the website. And for the charity account, back on a winner, your mate Dave <clears throat> crashed over like under 10s. Yep. And then he took one to the bank long distance and just embarrassed all the outside backs. So, Dave, I salute you, my friend. I salute you. Back into the bank. So, $684.57. Would really, like I said, like to rack up some serious dosh by the end of this year. We've got into the thousands a couple of times, like the $1,200, $1,300 mark. I'd like to go 1500 or more. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice. So, mm-hmm. Not looking too bad there, but thanks again to bluebet.com.au. And first up, let's jump into our set of six and get things moving. Thanks to Sinclair, Hyundai, Penrith, Toby and the team there. Corner of York Road and Bat Street. SinclairHyundai.com.au 47600603. Outstanding cars, outstanding bloke. If you're looking to get moving, and especially if you're out our way in the riff, Toby's your man, and Hyundai's the place to go. Tell him that Brock and Louis sent you. 100%. So, Tobias, thank you. Tackle one. Um, we'll start with a re signing of news before we get into the big talking point for anything. Craig Bellamy stayed on for another year. Yeah. We know that that no deal problem. was 2026, <clears throat> it was thrown that he could be a director. Football department, oversee all sorts of situations. We know he's agonised over it the last couple of years. I think I think it seems to be more 
listening to him and in, in, inward battle or questioning of himself more than anything. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, again, I guess just such a high standard that he must have for himself because it's not like he's underachieving. Mm. Um, but did enjoy the comments where he said of all people to take life advice from or someone he was thanking, it was Cameron Munster. There you go, yeah. Who came in and basically said in all aspects of exactly that, is he still doing his job? Is his message still getting across this, that and the other? It certainly is the case. And you're talking about the barometers or your leaders or the kind of people that are at the top of the totem pole at Melbourne. It is now Munster, Hughes and those few guys that are left over with the Bromwiches, the Kafusis and that that have headed out the door. So, mate, if that was enough to get him over the line as a Storm fan, I'm absolutely wrapped. But whether you like <clears> Melbourne <throat> or you don't like Melbourne as a rugby league fan, these sort of people like him, Wayne Bennett, all that, the longer they're around, the better it is for rugby league, in my opinion. So, yeah, I agree. And I've said it to you before, I don't know whether I'm shooting a long bow here, but to me, they don't get him at the time that they did. I know everyone mentions these players that nobody knew about who were found and developed, but if there's no Craig Bellamy in Melbourne, I don't think they go the distance or get to where they are right now. Well, we're never going to know. I know we're not going <clears> to know, gonna know. I'm, I'm going to throw out that I'm pretty confident that it could have gone a different way. Let's yeah, put it that yeah, way. Maybe, man. Stability and success <laughs> is the only way that that team survives and does what it's done. And it still does worry me to think what happens afterwards to be honest, but we don't have to worry about uh, it. It's locked in for at least another 12 months now. So good news for Melbourne, good news for the, that club and stability and the talk again about the coaching situation. Ryle's still linked to the job. They said, you know, if he's available, they'd still like to have a look at him. Do they look at Billy? Does that give him a little bit more time to consider his options? I don't know. Would they be willing to give up the horses living up there? What Queensland, where you get paid a couple hundred grand, only do a couple of games, channel line. Like it's a, it's a pretty, it's pretty big commitment when you've got you know a lot on your plate, but you've got flexibility as compared to knowing you're going to be in that grind and that washing machine twenty four seven three six five and back in Melbourne. He's not going to be able to be on the farm in Queensland. So no. um, whether he's ready for that now or that's something further down the road, like I, I tend to think looking at what he's doing right now and having younger kids, that'll be something he looks at later on in life. Not right now, probably. Yeah. But the Royal situation is interesting now because moving <clears> on <throat> from that is tackle two and. That is the Dragon situation where Anthony Griffin was sacked this morning in an absolute shit show. The players turned up. They were told that they had a meeting when they were about to go for a recovery swim. Griffin had already been told he'd got the flick. He'd driven out the driveway. Then a couple of them were fronted up to the media, basically, and blindsided. Uh, they had a bit of a chat and were you know, pretty quiet in return. And in all honesty, I, I know we've probably talked about this too much. You know, We've got a lot of Dragons fans, but I don't have one inch or ounce of sympathy for the Dragons because this has all been brought on, as I've said before, by themselves. They didn't have to extend the bloke last year. No one had a gun to their head. No one made him do that. No one was interested. They did that. They're the ones who also sat here in the off-season and told people he wasn't going to be here at year's end. So why the fuck didn't you let him go straight away? And then you're the ones who chopped his legs out from under him after they had a positive first two weeks and said he's going to be reapplying for his job. So basically to write off the last 18 months or so or do what you've done... I don't blame Anthony Griffin at all. I put all of it back on the club and the way they handled it. Because they essentially knew what they needed to do. They just didn't have the gall to do it, whether it was for a few pennies or to be paying more than one coach or what it is. I just think it's piss poor management by the club. And that's why they're in the situation they're in right now. Yeah, I don't I don't really know how it sort of got here. Like you can put all the fluff aside in the end results. Got oh, 100%. So, but they shouldn't have extended him. They shouldn't have kept him. They knew what they wanted to yeah, do. All, all that stuff. <clears throat> I just I look at some clubs and 
just going, oh, like, I, I don't get it. But without knowing the ins and outs and what's going on internally, it's it's hard to know how much, you know, how much say Griffin was getting. You know, the stuff that you hear about the playing group, like the playing group was off him last year, they were off him. And then you, you look at the presentation debacle and, and there was chat this week about, you know, board members going to Ben Hunt's thing and, you know, whether Ben Hunt's going to stay. I guess all that stuff. It is certainly exaggerated and it certainly becomes a bigger issue when you're not winning games and cut it however you want. If he was winning games, he wouldn't have been gone. And coaching's a, you know, it's a results-driven business, unfortunately. And I I feel like he was always on a hiding to nothing. But that's what I mean. <clears throat> they knew what they wanted to do basically before last year ended. They just didn't act on it. So yeah, I'm well, we don't know that. Going, Look, but in the oh, end, oh, that, like that, but that was based on results, right? Like their results weren't good enough. Oh, I'm not. I'm not arguing with these results. I wouldn't hide him in the first place. We talked about this at the time. But they knew they were, what they were going to do, and enough people. Yeah, and enough, we don't. I don't know that. Well, I know enough from the people I know there and things no, that happen. But that we don't. That's just the thing. It like, leaks everyone like talks a like they know. I don't, I don't know. I got a pretty. Fun, I, don't know. I got a pretty reliable source to no, let me know no. what's going on there. The place leaks like a sieve. Everyone knew what was going on well before the end. Of I don't. And I don't. Year. I don't want to have someone leaking information to you. I, no. I just look at it and go like. The results are the results. So I, I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry he, for he him got, um, because he got absolutely he got shafted at Penrith. Baristed shish kebab by them in this circumstance when they knew what they were already doing, and he's been hearing the shit for twelve Again, months. there's a lot of people that want to talk about people as coaches. Hmm. I've never, I've never seen him coach. I've never been in a session where he's coached. So I, I don't like making comment about people because that happens too much in rugby league, right? Like. There's a lot of axes that get ground and like I only listen to people who I trust in terms of whether, you know, if I cop criticism or if someone wants to be critical, you hear lots of things in the coaching world about what people say and what people think and what player managers think and what, you know, other coaches think. But in the end, like you just trust the people that are that are close to you. And I probably feel as though he's probably been let down the most by those closest to him and you, you know, some of the players thought some of the players were excellent today at the Dragons. Like, I know you, you said it was a difficult spot for them to, to be put in, but they're professional athletes. They're they're big boys. They're adults. They can get in front of a microphone and they oh, can I'm talk. I'm not liking that. But, but and for, I thought the, club the way again. that um, Jack DeBellin spoke yeah. and he took some account, accountability for his performances and said that, you know, he felt like he let Anthony down. And I thought that was admirable. That's mm. That was really really good thing to hear. And if I was Ryan Carr and I heard that, that would have really warmed me into that job because it'd be very, very difficult to walk into a job where the playing group has complete control and they've just asked a coach. And, uh, you know, I, I just think from, certainly from what they've actually said publicly, I feel like there's a little bit to work with there. And it seems like the players can see that they haven't held up their end of the bargain. And I know Dragons fans would be, yeah, pulling their hair out in this current situation, but yeah, my my point is not that they don't have to talk. Probably they're, just they're this year, to talk, like, this the club again to blindside them. Like fucking yeah, but we don't like again. We don't know what happened this morning. Like you don't, you don't know. I don't know. When was this decision made? Did the players know before today? I, like I don't know. If they were just holding this morning and told this morning, then yeah, it's not great administration. I we spoke about this off air, like. If that was the case, then I would have delayed the players coming in 
until the the business of the sacking and you, you're given Anthony time to leave the premises. I don't even know whether he got to actually speak to the players before he left. No, he was going while they were already going to the beach for their swim. They got told they're going for video. And yeah, again, this, what, this it, what I'm saying. It already, like it, it already leaked two it's, weeks it's not ago. A, it's not an easy situation to deal with full stop. Nah, but, but it already leaked two weeks ago that he was going to be going after the road trip because of the inconvenience of sacking someone midway through and look what's happened. They've leaked but I bet you they wouldn't have sacked him if they'd won both games. No way in the world. You know, you're not that silly. I'm not that There's no silly, way that they I, would have sacked him up if they'd won two in a row. I know before right? the end so of last year. So you can cut, it, cut the swathe however you want. People can be leaking as much shit as they want. If they'd won those two games, he wouldn't have got sacked. He may have got sacked at some point, definitely. I think it was coming, but the results certainly dictated that it was a lot easier to do it now based on the way that they've been playing and the results that they've, they've rendered. Yeah, I, I just don't like what we've turned into as a game. Like with this, like It's just a soap opera every time a coach gets sacked and everyone acts like they've got a leak or they've got a source or they've got... like It's results. Cut it however you want it. Results. I'm not... Defending him, I'm going against more what the club's done and the way they've handled it. This is this is the reason why they're in the situation they're in. They knew what they wanted to do, they didn't act on it. They've wasted. But so, what do you want them to do? Because they can't get roles. So, if roles is the man not they that. want, so, so you, okay. So, if you're not getting roles, who are you getting? They extended him, right? When they didn't. Need so, to. who who should they have got then? And then before the off season ended, they'd already started telling blokes that wanted out that he was going to be gone. Who should they have got? Then they didn't sack him. What's what's they the plan in there? They should have just kept Flanagan. Kept Flanagan in what? As, as head coach. Him. And Do you know that thing, he he wanted the job? He would have taken the job? I'm pretty sure if they offered it to him, he would have taken it. Okay. Why would he have left does Shane, does Shane Flanagan get better results out of that roster? Well, you would have at least started afresh, not waste another off-season and got your foot under the yeah, got, I've got That's no, what I'm saying. I've got no debate with that. I'm, like, I'm, I look at this year now as a wasted season. A, the last 12 months, 18, this whole 18-month period is a waste. That's the point I'm making. They knew what they wanted to do. They didn't act on it. And then they had the off-season again, where they're telling I don't know that. this guy's manager and this player that he's going to be gone and they've just fucking sat All that stuff is bullshit. I, I and then don't. they've literally kicked off in round two. They go, you've got to reapply for your job. It's like, you've just absolutely shish kebabbed yourselves. Like in terms of a whole I don't know that they have. I don't know so, that they have. But certainly this year has been mismanaged. Yes, I would agree with that. It's been a fucking shit show. And they should have just acted earlier when they knew what they wanted to do. And if you're looking at it right now, like they're wondering why you're talking today about roles and certain But a people. day after November 1 is screwing with this year. So it had to happen before November. Before That's November point. 1. They, they knew before then. They just didn't do anything. Yeah. But now they're in a situation where, again, anyone that wants to come there has got them over a barrel. Well, I don't know about that. Well, I think they do. If, well, but that, that speaks to interested. what you stand for as a club. Right? Riles wasn't interested at all. And then suddenly now he's angling or he's interested, isn't he? Because the first great job. Exactly. But he's not just going to walk over there for a two-year deal and whatever. There's going to be some guarantees wanted. Much like Serrato going to the Bulldogs after watching what had happened there. Yeah, it's, it's, so, it's only... Uh, they only get it if you give it to them. But then the end, otherwise, I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure they, they'll, they'll have plenty of people... Oh, there's plenty of people, CVs but are there lines Who's saying that he's the best candidate for the job? You want a two... How, or many, how many years has he been a head coach? At any case. level. There you go. But that's my point there. But then you go with Des Haslow, who we already know what happens there. And that's. And I'm not saying Rawls isn't the best candidate. What I'm saying no. is he's genuinely a rookie coach. He is. Whereas, you know, coach. they're saying now Ryan Carr is a rookie interim coach. He's not a rookie interim coach at all. He's been an NRL assistant at two clubs. He's been a head coach at New South Wales Cup level. He's been a head coach in England. The guy knows how to coach. He's managed a group before. Whereas some of, some of these guys, they tag themselves to Bellamy, they tag themselves to Robinson, 
and they get flown into jobs when this is my point. Look, they haven't really you had coached a team as a head coach. It is a completely different beast. You had someone in house who could tick a lot of the boxes and fix all the problems you had, or at least give it a red hot crack. But he wasn't working in that department. Well, they had him working in multiple working departments in by then. He was an assistant. He was in recruitment. He was looking at players like they'd given him three or four jobs. You may as well have just made him the coach. And then when the point where they turned on Mary and had him there, they were letting him help pick the team. I would have never have let Mary go. Right? They gave him enough control at different points there to indicate. And then when you hear things like, oh, the board's split now with Dow saying they wouldn't need him a coach, I go, well, you gave him three or four other jobs, you fucking idiot. Well, was he good enough to do all those jobs? Why wouldn't you entrust him with your team? You've given him enough control. Or- but they've, they've recently said that the board didn't want him as head coach, didn't they? Dow's is the only one, apparently. Well, but again, apparently. So, I don't know that. But this is another issue with being a merged club again and having eight votes and everything having to be unanimous. How often are these fuckers going to be unanimous? Not very often. I don't know. But that's, don't how, that's, how the, that's how the board's set up. Like, yeah, it is well, what it is, man. Looking at it, uh, like I said, I, I do feel bad for him because again, regardless at the end of the day, results or not, like it's just been a shit show and he's been copping it left, right. So and this is the other thing, I guess, for the, the coach's side, you're a coach yourself, you, you deal with the stresses, they talk about player welfare and don't talk around this mob. I can all preach about it as well in the media and this, that, that. They just drag people over the hot coals. Imagine the stuff he had to deal with. From the Penrith thing originally to this now, like, you know, coaches, I think, sometimes get the worst of everybody. They do. So, no doubt about it. But you know that, that that's the gig. Yeah. Right? Uh, in terms so of. So you won't hear me complaining about it. Like, I, maybe, maybe privately, there's some things that, you know, even now, I, you go through as a coach and you speak to those people closest to you, but. You know that that's what it is when you sign up for it. So, mm. um, you know, I'd I'd do anything to be an NRL coach, oh, and saying, I know well, everything. I know everything that goes with it. I know that, you know, the the only surety after you're hired is that at some point you're going to be fired, mm. unless you're, you know, the what in rugby league history the less than ten percent who end up like your, well, you look at like you know, look at right Bellamy now. or your your Wayne Bennett or who, who's coached a decade right now? It's Robinson. Bellamy Robinson. And I think Arthur be coming up on ten years. Yeah, so and he, even, Bennett, obviously. yeah, but he's been in different clubs. But I mean, at one club, but right now, ten years, twenty five percent. It's three of seventeen that has been at the same club for ten years, and all guys that have walked into another job. Bennett would be the only mm. other one. So that's four of seventeen. So there you go. But in terms of uh, replacement or what they were doing, thought they might go with the duo or hand it to one of them. They have gone that way. Ryan Carr is the one, as you said, who's going to be the interim for the rest of the year. So Ben Wolf and Sauer, I'm assuming, are going to help him. I don't know whether they get any more help. I don't think they'll need from it. From other departments. But he's Look, just obviously from an interim perspective. New South yeah. Wales Cup. He was with the NRL side at Parramatta last year. As last an assistant. year, I think, or last three years. So he had the New South there. Wales Cup at Parramatta. Yep, then he moved up to NRL. Last year when David Kidwell left, he, he was moved at up Featherston. To in UK, um, he's only a couple of years older than me. I think he's between me and you. I remember him playing. I've never met him, but he played. You know, the guys South. at Mounties have obviously said a lot of good things about him. So. Yes, or somewhere when I was still playing, he was a year or two above. I know a few Mounties boys that were coached by him. Um, so he gets an opportunity now as well, which, you know, um, the, the support of Wolf and that. And then what they do from there, the talk obviously is now that Riles is the one angling in, but Dean Young apparently on the <laughs> side, Hornby, like fuck knows where they go from here. But it's been three months and they've made zero progress. So something's got to kick up in the next week or two. It's time. It's moving day. Time to make a decision. And if they're not going to decide on a veteran or they're not interested in a guy like Flanagan, and it's going to be one of these three, um, I don't really know enough about Hornby, to be honest. I know Hornby's been an assistant 
for a, a while now, but I probably know more about Young and Rolls. So I could probably understand as a coach. Probably understand how all. do we how do we know anything about any of them? They they haven't been head coaches. Well, people that have been under them, people that have worked with them. That's why I'm getting. I don't know anything about Hornby. No one's. No I know one, a few people unless that have you've been, been out on the, the field school. with them. I don't like this. The thing. Right? Yeah, but you talk to people. You know players are there. You know people. And that's more. I don't know anything about Hornby at all. I only know a little bit about the other two. But in general, they generally do like to go with some of their own ex blood. So all three of those guys fit that criteria. And I think that's what they're going to end up doing. The whole Hazler thing that's been thrown up the whole time, I, I wouldn't be doing that. No, yeah. There's too much that comes with Dez, and then you want to talk about bringing something together. Oh, you're already saying what can happen with him sort of separating himself from a club and it's his team and what happened with the pens and salary cap sort of stuff. There's too much with Dez. Not saying he's not a good coach, but for the situation they're in and the direction they need to head, they don't need a quick fix. They need a long-term fix. I wouldn't be going down that road. And nothing's to say that one of these three, if that is one of them, gets it right. Um, but, yeah, I think knowing their sort of track record, even though their most success in the more recent times come with someone who was external in Wayne Bennett, um, it looks like they'll probably go with one of their three that played for them. So, well, they haven't, they haven't had a recruitment, have they? They did. Their recruitment guy was old mate that I you kept talking about a couple of years ago. Now I can't think of his name because he was doing an ordinary bloody job. Now it's annoying me because I literally banged on about his name a few years. For only I don't think he's there anymore though. But it'll come to me eventually. But if you were them, who would you go with, or what do you think they'll do? Do you think no, they'll look at a Rolls or a Young? I don't. Yeah, again, I don't. I don't know enough about those guys. But what would you think about like I've said about Flanagan before? Are you, are you surprised that Flanagan hasn't been picked up by anyone or sorted out? Yeah, look, I am. It surprised me because now I've actually been on the field with him. I've seen him coach. And he's a good, he's a good coach, so like again, I don't I don't want to make comment about someone who I don't know. I don't, I don't want to make comment about someone who I think is good or someone who I think is is ordinary. I'll, but yeah, I've been on the field with Shane Flanagan, and the guy I can coach. Mm. Players respect him. Um, he's won a premiership. He's been at three or four different clubs. Uh, and look, I think the most important thing is he wants to do it. He's motivated. Yeah. I think he wants to get back into it and. Yeah, he'd, he'd do a good job. Hmm. The reluctancy, like, like I get it. He's got some. He's got some sins, but we've all got some sins. Hmm. We've all got some things we fucked up. We're not perfect. So, I mean, at what point do you get forgiven and well, the the, the first get sin, another opportunity. The first sin I let him come back from was one thing. The, the second sin, I again, he, he breached the rule. But realistically, it was for for the reasons that he did it in terms of still managing some stuff for that club and where they were at the time. I'm not surprised he did it. Yeah. I'm really not because they he built them into what they were. They were a fucking rabble. That was his blood, sweat, and tears for the most part. They got it to that point. Yeah. So when they were in a hole, yeah, he sent a few emails behind the scenes, managed a few. Did he shouldn't have been doing it? But I still I look at that and go, really? That's like because he got in trouble the second time. Compared to compared to the first thing, which I think is a lot bigger issue. Like well, that's really the end of it. Like come on, that's ridiculous. But. We'll move on from that one. Hopefully for Dragons fans, they get some clarity. Hopefully uh, this change yields some results. And I guess the other one, you come off the back of it just as big as that is now. I'll be very interested to see what does happen with Ben Hunt. Because there's certainly... That story to me is not over. I don't think it's going to be the end of it. But again, that'll play itself out over time. Uh, tackle three. The World Cup that was going to be in France is looking like it's not going to happen next up. 
Heard that today. Found that interesting. There was a big talk about how obviously they used to be a bit more of a power and good what against you? us. And what year? England. I think it's well the next World Cup. So it was twenty twenty five or whenever it was coming around. Uh-huh. I think it was going to be over there. But apparently with the Olympics and a few other things that are going on, they look like they're bailing. So they're talking about what the plan would be now in terms of where they play it. What Easy. Would it, what would it be in France? Easy solution. To start with. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Well, again. For people that are, love the international game, that would kick and scream. About yeah, no, it, but... I, I, I get that, <clears throat> but we just had one in Europe. Like, why wouldn't this one be in the Pacific? Well, that's the question now. A lot of people go, the easy solution is to come back to Australia and New, Zealand, New Zealand. But wouldn't what? this be the time now to? But no, I, I hate the whole Australia and New Zealand. Just give the whole thing to New Zealand. Mm. Well, the other thing is make it Pacifica, so New Zealand, Samoa. Well, the issue you got there is stadiums, right? Yeah. Obviously. Grounds, travel, travel. But with time and bases. planning, could you now put a little bit into it and have a couple of Do games? In New Zealand. Or play a pool in Tonga and a pool in Samoa and a pool. You could do that. And do that. Have all so the finals in New you're Zealand. You're taking okay. travel out of it and then when it gets to the bigger games, move it back to New Zealand. But you uh, can play whole pools in yeah, Pacifica you could. and have a Pacifica World Cup. You could. It'd be great. So that That's was what they should the do. thing today when they're like, oh, don't just bring it here or England. And I'm like, well, there's your solve. And you keep talking about wanting to take the games over there. Pick a pool that Samoa's in and the teams with them, they play in Samoa. Tonga go into a different pool, all those games are played in Tonga. New Zealand, their pool, all those games are in New Zealand. Yeah. Base it that way. Take the travel factor out of it and then when finals come, it's big stadiums and NZ. And if you want to throw PG, PNG into the mix, if that's Pacifica and we can work out the base somehow for all that to work and all everyone's separated on the seating or the pooling system and it works out, well, you could spread it across all. Yeah. But... Yeah, that was sort of a solve looking at it today and thought, well, that'd be better than just bringing it here again because it's an easy fix, obviously. But it's yeah. not growing the game at all. So there you go. Uh, tackle four, more just a gripe from the week here. And honestly, felt like at the start of the year things were quick and things were going better. But after watching that Storm game on Thursday and some people liked it and some didn't, some were like, oh, it was a great game of football. It was a shit game of football. Slow as shit. And I wrote it down, 7.50 kickoff. Literally finished at 10. It was 130 minutes. The ball is in play for 59 minutes. A game's 80. Half time's 15. There's 35 minutes of just shit. Well, not shit. It was just video reviews and nothing. What are are we doing? Honestly. I said it to you a couple of weeks ago. The game has never been slower. They brought all this stuff in to quicken it up. And yeah, but it's, but it's it, it almost turned into a soccer game because they wanted to rule the nigger walls. I'm like, well, they're all niggly because they've got plenty of energy because you've brought no fatigue into the game and we keep bringing up more issues and getting everyone more hot under the collar. Usually yeah. when you beat yourself to death and go back and forth and it cycles and it's in play, you don't have the energy for that crap. You're barely keeping yourself yeah. upright to make your tackles. Yeah. But the reason the shit continued is because of frustration and no one was tired. And I was frustrated watching them. I wanted to go to bloody bed because I'd work the next day and you're sitting there going, fuck, you serious? This game's still going. But to look at that time overall and take out time in play, stoppages, half time, and then just that dead time, I was like, this is a joke. Yeah. So hopefully after, again, a lot of feedback that come from this week and a lot of people that weren't happy about it. And then on top of that, the amount of stuff they got wrong. Like the offside call was a 50-50. The hip drop, Sinbin, I didn't think the Harry Grant one was as clear cut as it looked. The Herbie one was a little bit harsh. Like there was a few that I looked at. The... Selwyn Cobbo, how they didn't see that. I sent you a photo that I got off one shot and that was knocked back by Melbourne. They didn't call that one a knock-on from him. I, I was flabbergasted. It really was. Mm. But the amount of time it took to finish that game, dear Lord. Uh, tackle five, signing news. There's been a fair bit happened in the last week. Jermaine Hopgood extending with Parramatta. No surprise there. They've 
I think probably done an upgrade for next year because it's set only 2025. So they've got in early. Added yeah. one year. Would assume there'd be an upgrade for next year. Cowboys, some mid-season movement in their squad. So they released Latia Mostadrecki and Jordan Lip, who I think is like a young centre that was coming through their feeder. Sammy Valame from the Raiders comes in for a year and a half, so not bad move depth-wise. Uh, and they took Sam McIntyre from you guys again for the rest of the season. So, again, just getting some guys in, I guess, with injuries in areas of need and patching up. Yep. Squad moves. Um, Jaden Campbell, 2026 contract extension. So, Titans locking him in, yeah. I, I guess. <clears throat> Good move. Whether we look at it and go, well, where's your half? Is he a fullback? This, that, and the other. At the moment, talent wants to be there. His dad's there. I don't think they would have been shaking the club down and on no offence to poor AJ Brimson at this point in time, he struggles to start in the field. So better off keeping somebody like a Jaden Campbell around, even if it isn't guaranteed that he's going to be your fullback at this point in time. Certainly wouldn't be one of them to go. Yeah. Um, and they've got that young kid the other week, Keanu Kinney, locked up. So they've certainly got some options in that position. Uh, and the other one is the Raiders, who obviously off the back of a lot of drama for those few weeks there. Five in a row now. They locked in Emre Gula for another two years. And then today, I'm pretty sure it was confirmed Hudson Young, or at least reported that it was going to be done. Four years, $2.8 million. So nice upgrade for Hudson Young and a long-term stay <clears throat> at the Raiders. Yeah, good move. So they'll be happy with some of the business they've done, um, obviously after those few tense weeks. So not bad for the Raiders. And the last tackle we have here will be the power rankings. And they are brought to you by... The Penrith Solar Centre, there is no one better for quality solar solutions. Get on board with Jake and the crew there and let them help you, your family, and your back pocket. Save thousands per year in energy bills. Call them today, 1800 20 29 30, or visit www.penrithsolar.com.au. Number one, still South Sydney. Yep. Uh, mm. Number two, I've bumped up Penrith after Me the demo too. job they've done. <clears throat> that was outstanding. Knocked the Broncos back to three. Yep. Uh, Reynolds obviously got KO'd early, left a bit of a, a dent on the game, but I still thought they were right in it. Storm, I've put to four for now. Yeah, me too. Dolphins back to five only because they didn't play this week. Yeah, me too. I've bumped the Raiders to six after five in a row. Yeah, I've got the Stuart Sharks at six. I've bumped them back to seventh because after getting dusted by the Dolphins the other day, they did what they just seemed to do at the moment. They looked dangerous for a bit and then they completely shut off and almost got pegged back. Yeah, um, it's I've got big... Raiders at seven. Yeah, uh, and then I've got the Warriors at eight. <laughs> yeah, me too. Good win. Titans are out. Um, those three weeks, like we said, was more just results. Definitely didn't question the effort or the energy, but they turn up the other night, had a win. They've had a bit of a rough run in terms of road trips. Now they get to go back home to New Zealand. So that's yeah. one thing I think a lot of people have forgotten <laughs> about this year. The one downside with all the issues that come with COVID is they're the only team who's travelling internationally, got those delays, all that sort of stuff. Like It's a big factor. Huge. When you are coming back and forth. Huge. And doing that. And we saw them. When was that time? We went to Melbourne or where was it, I think? And we seen them the next day and they had to sit in the international thing and just kill time because of the turnaround and the check-ins and all the gear and you just saw like... The amount well, of dead not time. A, there's not an hour f- nah. a flight going every hour to New Zealand. Nah. Plus international <clears> things <throat> so you got to do border patrol and That's all right. the other bull crap. So. Yeah. It's not easy. Um, there you go. The NRL should almost get them a private jet. Mm. Wouldn't be a bad idea. Or some sort of charter sort of deal for the year or something like that to guarantee that you're in and out but there you go there is our set of six and obviously the power rankings thank you Penrith Solar Centre thank you Sinclair Hyundai and thank you bluebet.com.au let's review those games from the weekend and that first one is the Storm Broncos game um, in the end I struggled to take much out of it 
because the amount of stoppages and delays and sin bins and calls that I disagreed with. Yeah, that Reynolds died. went off fairly early as well. Mm, Reynolds face planted <laughs> trying to score that try and did himself an absolute mischief. Um, luckily, the neck pain that was there looks like it's just a bit of a stinger in the nerve. They're going to rest him this week. It wasn't considered a cat one. I have no idea how that wasn't a cat one, even if it was the neck pain. Like, he didn't move when he face planted. Um, but I, I still thought they looked dangerous. Walsh, in particular, any time they got the ball, looked yeah. like he could almost pull them apart. But with the amount of stoppages and sin bins, the Carrigan thing has an effect on the game. The no-try call on the offside had an effect. The no-knock-on call had an effect. Katoa deciding that he was back at the Warriors two years ago and not put ground in that ball where Bellamy almost fucking jumped out of the box, had an effect. But within all that mix of everything, I don't know what was a true reflection. I think Melbourne, maybe under the circumstances, probably should have scored two or three more times, but take that sin bin out, put a bit more flow to the game, and I thought Walsh had him on toast multiple times and could have been snatched, to be honest, even without Reynolds. But it certainly made a difference to their kicking game and their control without him on the field. That's hugely obvious, but... Haas and Carrigan are the same as they are every single week. The one-two punch for them was incredible. thought Cobo got right into the mix of it physically. Um, probably the one upside I really took for Melbourne here is I think Hughes has been ordinary this year, but the second half, I think he had his best game so far this year. And he, he's been the one I've really been looking at. Surprise me, because the last few years, he's been the one week to week that you sort of look at and go, he's a seven or an eight. But that hasn't been there this year so far. Um, but he was good. Harry and Munster. Had some moments. The development of Will Warbrick's probably one thing I've really enjoyed watching. He, he just gets better and better every week. A couple of those finishes in his yardage work, I'm really impressed with where, the direction he's going. Yeah, he's improving. Um, but yeah, I think for Broncos, I wouldn't be losing any sleep over that. It was, it was just a shit game with all the stoppages and sin bins and decisions. And like I said, I could go over all of them over and over again, but it really made it hard to take much away from it or sort of configure who, who was really that better, in my opinion. Like I just, yeah. Yep. Sort of a wasted game or a ruined game, in my opinion. <clears throat> Sad enough to say, but... Sorry to say. Sorry to say. Uh, we'll leave that one behind and we move on to the Warriors and the Dogs. This one was a bit similar to the week before, except they didn't let them peg them back. I thought the fast start from the Warriors. Um, and I'm just still really enjoying watching them play the way they do. Um, the indicating that they do with a Tohu freeing up Johnson, like we talked about last week. The form of Adam Fanua Blake as well. Like I really... Really used to sit and look at him close to one of the best props in the comm. He's back to that sort of form right now where he'd be pushing that boundary because not only does he play big minutes, smooth feet, good hands, offload, powerful, but four tries in his last five. The guy also knows how to move into space and like hit holes and play some good footy, but that combo between him and Tohu, Dill back to the bench, had an impact in the game again, which I thought was why he brought Volkman in. We talked about Volkman the other week watching him at Cup. Like His development, he's been impressive. He played well the other night with his opportunity. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's played good footy. But they, they got back to where they needed to get to after a few tough weeks, I thought. They punched the dogs in the mouth early. They banked some points. Johnson's kicking game was a big difference. Just general play. Dropouts, set up two of the tries. One with that early kick that he dropped over the top. Uh, but for the Bulldogs, yeah, they <clears throat> got one late in the piece and then they had a second chance. But Reynolds stripped the ball. So once that last try went in for the Warriors from... Falkman sort of deflection made it 24-6. That game was gone. Yeah. Um, it was another another case of too little too late for the Bulldogs. So, tough couple of weeks. Oluwapu was introduced a lot early, and he's starting this week, which, again, I think naturally, it's just the right thing to do. There's no point after seeing that he can play for a few weeks of just wasting that change or wasting that time, give him a few 80-minute games and let him feel his way through the whole, whole thing and play with Burton and 
obviously that's going to be your future. They didn't pay that money for no reason. Yeah. So bite down the mouth guard and let it go from there. I still think the development of Perham has been pretty good across the year. Still interested to see where that goes next year. If Crichton is the fullback, is he not? They haven't signed Abarillo. Does he move somewhere else? Do they play him in a different position? Does he get a crack at fullback? Oh, I don't know. But overall, I think if there's one guy most weeks that I've looked at for them and thought he's played well almost every week, it's been Perham. Um, yeah, yeah, he looks a competent first grade. Yeah. Marnie and a couple other guys did plenty of work. Edwards, when he's been asked, you know, 48 tackles certainly does his job. But yeah, they're, they're sort of... He's that, a toiler. Yeah, yeah, sort of in that dead space that we talked about. They had injuries, they've had a slow start. <laughs> Missing quality still out of their roster, and you know they're one of those teams I look at and go, it's caught a, kind of caught up with them a little bit. They've had a lot of those good effort games, or a few ones they've scrapped out, but they've sort of flattened out a bit. Uh, and Wilson, good debut from him. Certainly busy. Yeah, we've also got a lot of guys that haven't played consistent first grade. Exactly, so it's going to catch up to you. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> so for the Warriors, like we said, good result. Another week down, and I'm pretty sure, like I said, this week they go home. So it's been. Fair bit of travel going on. I don't know if they get the next few weeks, but I'm pretty sure they got the bye. So a week off there, and then I think they get Brisbane and New Zealand. So good freshen up period for them, and then they'll get them without their origin players. So a real good chance to go back to back, bank, and get healthy after a bit of a rough run. Yeah, which is great for them and good timing. Uh, just in terms of solidifying as they used to be able to in the past starting to win during the origin period, they've already banked wins. So this is more, if they go good during this period, they could almost guarantee finals football mm. and give themselves some breathing room at the back end, but let that one go. Panthers, Roosters. I think the worst part about this, 48 to 6, if you're a Roosters fan or even a Robinson, this is not coaching. This is not anything sort of system. It's all the crap that I've heard you talk about with like Matt's kids, juniors, this, that, that just all the free stuff. They're not doing anything even to the minimum standard of what you'd expect of a first-grade team in that performance that you watched the other night. For about 10, 15 minutes, sort of looked like it was a bit of a contest, but from there on out, like just general intent on carries, defense, first-up contact, working together, line speed, marker work, like negative chase, or negative side tie-in, kick chase. There was a couple of times there where Penrith just got to a side or passed over to where the line was sort of split. Clean art work, play one-two, whether it be return or set stuff like just all the little free stuff that everyone talks about it week in week out there was just a complete lack of it which is probably the more worrying thing people have talked in the weeks by that oh it's the halves and it's this and changes and brandon smith and that i just looked at the other night and thought this is just not the basics of what you'd expect from a first grade NRL team and they got exactly what they deserved and i'm not going to take away from penrith because on the flip of that sounded like a breaker record for a few weeks now and we've talked about it what they're now missing in quality pieces, the principles of what they do have not left, particularly defensively. And when that's there, there's tries that come the other night from the fact that they will just strangle you for the whole game and give you nothing and wait for an opportunity or just drill you into a position and beat you down to the point where you give them stuff. And there's a few tries there that were just, I thought, relentless effort tries or things off shit errors or just being slow death, turned around, kick to death, bashing their own end, turning the football over. There was a few ugly ones there that I'm just like, they earned that off their defense. And that's something that much like Melbourne did for their sort of decade or the Roosters their decade previously, that while you have those things, regardless of changes, you're always going to be a good football team. Yeah, I went to the game live and it was clear quite early this was going to be a bash up. Mm. Um, the Roosters just look, uh, they look flat. <clears throat> they look disorganized. 
they look like they're not out of ideas, but whatever they're trying to achieve, whatever the plan is, they're not all on the same page with it. No. Nah. Uh, individually Penrith, and, like, and as Penrith, a team. Penrith were okay. But, mm. You know, I saw Penrith play a lot better last year than what they did the other night. Uh, I think they're still finding their game and mm. working out a style which, which suits. I think they're probably in a bit of a transition phase at the moment, the Panthers, because, you know, the, the sort of game style they had last year can't they play had different, 100% that way. Yeah, they had different tools and you know, more damaging tools within that sort of style of play. So now you've got to find out, you know, and make some tweaks around, you know, the, the type of player that you've got yeah. and how to best utilise them within it. So I think the Panthers are they're certainly adapting at the moment and that takes time and it takes a lot of training and sometimes it, cha- it takes a change of philosophy in some aspects. So mm. they, they look like they're in that sort of period and, you know, that's only going to be made worse by the fact that they're going to have players coming in and out for origin and yeah, I expect yeah. this to be probably a, a real rough period for them yeah the cup team hasn't been as successful this year and that again comes with well, the success that's, you've had this is the thing right like they want to talk last year about you know we, we won the comp in all three grades and, and the, which is fantastic like that's a credit to your development it just puts a bigger target on you for people to come it does, take as well but it also you know it creates a need for, for coaching mm. um so they're probably in a phase now where they're coaching really, really hard. To try and, yeah, get another group under or push and fill some of those gaps. Yeah. But you've seen exactly what you said there. The building blocks of their defense and that haven't left. But in attack, they're not as nine-centric as they were because Kenny's not that guy and Sony's only playing limited minutes. They no longer have the layup tool that they did, particularly in kick-out to crack that edge or destroy or tee up or sort of set save for you. It's changed the way that Jerome's had to play. Uh, Martin hasn't been there for the most part of the year so they've been more toiling in their back rows they've played a lot more off their back five and set starts and kick early and turnovers and it's mainly on the attacking side of the ball where like you said we're still seeing the construction of what they're going to do but I think defensively kicking game and all those general principles that have made them successful that DNA is still there it's just I guess where they get to by the end of the year with the attack yeah but yeah Sorensen um, he's done a great job. He's off contract. He's one of those guys. I think again, it's going to be a difficult decision because obviously we know they've paid key players and really kept that core group together. But for a guy who's now got two premiership rings and had the sort of run he's had getting to the ages at, it's going to be a decision. I think between money, you know, what clubs are available, just because the guy's never really had a pay day. So it's it's a tough one. I heard someone talking the other day. I think he'll start. Like, well. It's easy to say that, but again, if you've toiled, been on training trials two or three times and you've already had what he's had the last few years, I'm sure that feeling's great. But if that window's getting smaller and smaller and someone comes in with 150, 200,000 extra in a couple of years, it's probably going to be hard to keep him there. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, Hoskin got hurt early, but he's been doing a good job for him. Uh, Martin was back. That was good for them to see him, whether New South Wales and Freddie look at him. I don't know, um, but I'm sure he would have been pushing to get back for that reason. Having fish back in's obviously made a difference. I think Laota really held down the fort, but then for Lenu to rupture a testicle during the week, which is one of the worst things you could ever do. Um, yeah, I wouldn't know. Well, <clears throat> from the description for I know one person who's done it. They've heard two or three. They've had it and they describe what it's like. Doesn't sound like a fun time. <laughs> Can't imagine it would be. Um, but yeah, I just think they've they've done a really really good job and. I think the other one for me, I don't know you'd agree or not, I don't think Luai's been as bad as what everyone's making out. I think it's very different, obviously, when you take away the pieces that he's had around him. I think, if anything, he's changed his game. I think he's been more active 
in his involvement this year in his running game. And again, I know stats aren't everything, but I had a look to see if I could find something about average running and his average runs. This is the most he's run ever in his career. Yeah. And rightfully so. He doesn't have kick anymore. He doesn't have Crichton playing on that side. He's had Tago. He had Burton the year before. The whole time you had all those weapons and people have been praising him or talking about because of Cleary or what's been happening off his ball playing, a lot of it hasn't really had to be that well thought out or constructed from a lot of what's happened on the inside of him what he's had on the outside of him. I think if anything this year, if you actually watch the games and see his involvement, I think he's been plenty involved, but he's had to do a lot more probably individually just run-wise and he hasn't been able to lay up with the back rower or had the space to throw that cutout pass or even if he got something wrong nine times out of ten, you could fix it with a Burton catch pass or you could fix it with kick out. But years Definitely. prior, he was averaging in the 60s. This year, he's averaging 93 metres a game. He's running the football more than he's ever run. And I actually don't think he's been that bad. That still doesn't mean for me that I look at it and think, don't think they'll look at Nico or Nico's not playing better. But I don't think he's been playing anywhere near as bad as what people are carrying on. That's all. But yeah. obviously, yeah. he had a really good game the other night as well. So, um, interesting to see how that one obviously plays out. And the other one I've probably enjoyed the last few weeks is seeing a guy like Peachy go back there. After he was part of that sort of success that was building, obviously left, um, had some good contracts, played for New South Wales, realistically had four or five years there where he just sort of wasted. So he looks, you know, a little bit revitalised with that opportunity the last few weeks. So that's another thing for them, I guess, is finding those sort of guys to be able to rely on when you're missing Tago, missing Lenu, missing guys with all the players that they have lost. But for the Roosters, where to from here? I don't know, but yeah. I've heard plenty of things like Swale hasn't played this well since this game. Brandon Smith's not a nine. You know, it's Lodge's fault. People have thrown that old line out there wherever he goes. Things go backwards. I think there's just, you know, a lot of shit that people are throwing and trying to get it to stick to the wall. Yeah. For Robinson and them internally, I think the, the plain and simple part of it all is you look at the other night, that's just not first grade standard or first grade attitude. And a lot of them, as a collective, have got a fair bit to work on. I think it's more a lot more complicated than just picking out individuals, that's for sure. Um, I guess for them, though, probably I look at one difference in a patch that hasn't been the greatest in terms of leaks or anything that's come out. They don't leak like other clubs. Any of the stuff that's come out, it's media people just trying to draw conclusions about Walker. Other than that, you haven't heard a thing. Yeah. Which is the difference between your bottom end and your top end. So, uh, interested to see the reaction, that's for sure. But I guess for them, a little bit of good news. It looked like Manu might have had a long-term injury. It doesn't look as bad. And Jared's pec strain is short-term as well. So they're hoping they can get both those guys back. I think they've got a game this week, the bye, and then they're on again. So they're hoping post that period and Walker's knee was hoping to be two to three weeks if he can avoid surgery. They're not certain. They could have all three of those guys available in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. So, yeah, certainly got some moves to make in the origin period. Teddy and a few guys are still going to go in. So that, that's another thing that's going to be interesting for them. But we move on. Uh, South's Tigers 20 nil. I think more what impressed me again about this is just their, what we've talked about the last few weeks again. They're winning different ways. They were very patient. Very patient. This was a slow burn. They didn't get everything their own way. Tigers turned up the play too. Defended pretty well. Pressured them a few times. But, you know, Burgess pulls out before the game. Um, they lost Cartwright during it to a head knock. Arrow went for a HA at one stage. Jed got KO'd and had to go off the field. Tigers were fairly resilient. Brooks in particular, they spotted up a few times. He came up with a few errors that he forced with his defense. Um, they got them a few times, forced some repeats. They defended their goal line. Got them that one time late in the half, kicked a penalty goal to make it a two-score game and just never really 
got out of that mode where they were like, just be patient, attack, take your opportunities. They defended their goal line and then late in the game, they got him again the same way down the right-hand side and Latrell iced it with a crash over. But it was just another one of those things where a couple of years ago, if they weren't scoring tries, if things weren't happening, if it wasn't going left-hand side, they wouldn't get into a forward battle with you. They wouldn't cycle with you. They wouldn't defend their goal line repetitively. Like There's a lot of things, again, here that are building in habit and just adapting week to week to continue to impress with South Sydney. And that was what I saw again in this game. Yeah, they <clears throat> ground away. They they weren't super impressive. No. Nah. You take a little bit away again from the Tigers. They were tough and mm. hung in, but... Mm. Yeah, well, Tigers' last five certainly are much better. I mean, you know, and I think you brought up last week that South has struggled with the West Tigers the last few times they've played. They have. This is pretty clinical. And, uh, and this is why I think they're a better... You, you just don't associate them doing what they did. They literally waited to the 72nd minute, I think it was, to score their second trial. It was 8-0 up until that point. Mm. And it took 30 minutes to get the first one. In the past, it would have been shit errors or force something and get frustrated and maybe get a bit niggly. They're just not doing it at the moment. They're adapting to what they need to do that week and they're playing that way, which yeah. is very impressive. And like we've said before, they used to be a left-sided team. They've scored more on their right. When Sally, the Tolar Burgess was out this week, Arrow were all there. They're more impressive through the middle. They're sort of showing you now they're multifaceted, they're multi-layered, and they're willing to do it a whole variety of ways, which is sort of in the constant criticism of all these times, even though they've made the prelim, you sort of know what Souths are, and they've never been able to take that extra step. This year, it looks like they've got a little bit more to their armour, which, again, emerged from origin, healthy. A couple more guys, like a Kalama Tungi still to come back in, etc. They keep heading in this direction. There's a good reason why people are looking at them right now as one of the favourites or the team that's setting the standard. Yeah. And six in a row this season. Uh, Bar Camber is on a five-winning streak. That's the longest streak so far this year as well. So really good for them heading into origin. Um, obviously, this week, they've got Parramatta. So I'm sure they'll want to win, make it seven in a row before they potentially lose a couple of those guys. That would probably be the goal, I'm assuming. they set. And they haven't had an easy draw either. So it's probably more impressive off the back of that and not starting completely healthy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, another good win. Tigers fans, I'd be a little bit happier. Like I said, the resilience, um, what they did, they didn't go away. Buller, a couple of tri-savers again, got involved in a little bit. There were some good moments, like him and Brooks look, linking up. Fifth tackle, forced a couple of uh, tri-savers. Asukapo with the tri-saver. There's a few good signs there that we certainly didn't see from Tigers the first five weeks or so. Mm. So I guess if you're them, he's taking it that you can get because where they started was obviously rock bottom. Um, if you're seeing this sort of effort and energy and they're in, their last four or five games, they'll probably jag a few more wins along the way. Yeah. So, some positives there if you're a Tigers fan. North Queensland Dragons, uh, 42-22. Oh, I guess the thing here that disappointed was it was Ben Hunt's 300th and they just laid an absolute egg. Yeah, 100%. Uh, again, we talk about this whole situation and adding to it and you know just more and more about it. If there was ever a day, if you're them, regardless of the noise that are going on, or a guy who's just been... You know, the most reliable person the whole time you've been there, it's Ben Hunt. And started off really positive for him at nine. Standard by him, shaped up. Bit of creativity and deception, puts Jack DeBellin under the post. But from there, there wasn't many more positives. A lot of what they got, and even the Cowboys got some ugly ones off, off errors, but it, it sort of felt um, that they were getting opened up pretty easily. And then the sin bin, I thought, and when watching it, I heard when I was driving because I commentated on the weekend, I watched it after the fact that people thought it was pretty harsh. I don't really know what they wanted Sullivan to do. He sort of looked like a messy game, a 
of Twister. He ended up on the bottom of a pile of three blokes on a line break and just laying there. Once he went, they copped three tries. And that really put him on the back foot when you're down 22-6. Uh, then there was a lot of talk after that that, you know, if Sullivan, after the bin, hook, hooked him and didn't put him back on and the excuse was, well, Empire, we need a defence, this, that, and the other. Well, no, I'm not to lay the boot in because he's gone now. But if you're down by 16, 18 points, you don't need defence. You need points. Sullivan's going to bring more from nine or half or swapping half than what you're going to get out of Moses Senbai. Yeah. Moses Senbai, no offence to him at this point in time. His service and the way he's playing, like I'd rather have little there. His passes weren't even landing in a spot on the weekend where people could move on to the football. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a mess of a night. That Sinbin period really hurt. North Queensland pulled him apart. Robson was rolling out of nine. Every time it seemed like contact was made, the ball come free. The really nice try early on where they had the inside-outside kick through by Chad. Lukey had three guys there to tackle him. No one touched him for his first. Like, like, there were some pretty poor efforts. Um, and then the back end, yeah, they, they picked up some scraps off a few drops by the Cowboys. Did and got another one back off them with Suli, who had an absolute rocks and diamonds type of night. So it, I'm happy for the Cowboys side of things that they got a couple of guys back in. Look like they're building some confidence. And again, if they can be 50-50 before Origin, that's a pretty good save from where they've started health-wise. But I also struggled to know how much I could take away from that game, considering how poor thought the Dragons were. Yeah. So, um, tell you what, though. Valentine Holmes has got a boot. You see that two-point field goal? Huge. The two-pass almost from the halfway. That was massive. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, for them, good to see him. Drinky, Rob, like I said, all the guys that played last year did, and Lukey getting healthy, playing well now. So, I think Tom Lolo to come back. Tulagi still a bit... Iffy off his knee with his confidence. Still don't know what's going on with Bloody Lucci. When that gets resolved, I don't know. Um, but they're getting, they're trending back in the right direction. Cotto, all these sort of guys, they had good years last year, playing well. Nenai's a couple of weeks away, suspension-wise. So maybe if they don't get touched from origin, that could be a blessing in disguise for one of those two guys, or for the Cowboys. It'd be huge. But for if a Nenai is sort of left out of it because, you know, he was missed or... Lukey, who was on the radar last year, is back from injuries, not on the radar this year, and Torlagi is probably not on the radar right now, or Cotter might be on the fringe because of what's happened. All the guys that were visibly in the frame, bar Holmes, might be left alone. Yeah. So this might actually be a blessing in disguise for Peyton, who might be sitting there throwing some little air punches and going, this might actually help our timing in terms of where we want to get with our run. So I don't know whether I'm just dribbling. Yeah, it could open up a nice little opportunity or we know there to kick and maybe get a few wins back that they weren't expecting. So, see where we go from there. But one guy I always enjoy watching, and I know I said it a few years ago because I thought the Brisbane side of me saying, I really, really enjoy watching Tom Deaton play football. Yeah. Tom Deaton's just a goer. Good half. Still only 22 years old. No surprise he succeeded when he got that chance last year to play Origin. But in this little rough patch for them, that's one person I've looked at every week and thought, you can't question his commitment. Because most kids would have thrown the towel in or been broken by that experience of only winning like two or three games out of 20-something starts that he had at Brisbane. But, man, he's tough. He's a good player. Uh, moving on from that one, Raiders Eels. What did you think about this one? This was a seesaw. Canberra certainly, like Ricky said the other week, can you make it a bit easier? I mean, close out a game. that They know how to stress you out. Yeah. But I, I could be worse. I could be losing. Oh, I'm not. Not denying the results. Yeah, I think it's interesting, isn't it? Like they're playing with far more passion and enthusiasm 
and intensity since the Jack White decision. Felt like they were they were certainly up and down. Their defense has improved. They're not leaking as many points, which is making it what's putting less pressure on their halves and less pressure on their attack. I feel like they're they're pretty fit at the moment as well. They they don't have a lot of injuries and players are confident, happy, in good form. Uh, you know, I think they're they're doing really well in the effort areas as well at the moment. There were a couple of try saving tackles on the weekend and just efforts which to save tries which are paying dividends when you look at the scoreboard at the end of the game. Uh, and, you know, Canberra at Saturday night, big game, big crowd. Uh, it, it's a difficult place to go and, and play and win. So, mm. you know, we're going we're gonna to experience that on Sunday. We go down there on Sunday and in Cup and, and NRL. And, you're lucky you're playing in the oven, my friend. Yeah, I know that. Just, what I'm saying is it's it's not an easy place to go nah, and play. Like both, both their Cup and it's their NRL are going really well and it's you know it's a road trip and um it's exciting to go down there because you know got great respect for the club and you know i've got a lot of close friends down there and um yeah it's it's nice to see that things are working out and they're going well in canberra um yeah it's gonna gonna be a tough road trip for for our boys on the weekend that's for sure but we'll be we'll be ready to go no doubt moose heads after Woo! i doubt it I doubt it. I love that place. I'll be fine in a quiet pub. Um, unless I can I can't get a beer at no. the game. You can get a beer at the game, they No, should, I don't mean like they at sell the game, but I, I mean in the shed after the game would be no, nice. There's Northerns at the game, don't you worry. They got their beer sorted. No, I'll, I'll have to I'll have to drive so I won't be but a nice a nice beer, as Mick Potter would say. A nice Just a couple of nice beer. beers. A nice beer. A nice beer oh. after the game would be it'd be good. Mm. See Hutch and Balth and a few of the guys from from Mounties that are now down there kicking ass and doing good things, which is unreal to see. So well, yeah, it'll be good. They're, they're going really well in both grades. Obviously, I've I've had a close look at them in particularly New South Wales Cup this week, and uh, you know their coach. I don't know their coach, but he's doing a good job because they're they're playing really good footy, and I think Ricky Stewart's doing a good job. Uh, you know, I think that the glaring one was their defence in the, in the NRL. Like they were leaking a lot of points, weren't they? Like they got in a couple of shootouts and came out on the wrong end of it. Mm. And I don't think it was a. Well, to be fair, it wasn't an effort. Like the Dolphins thing. last just... week, they're still leaking, but I guess I think they're better. Like you said, in terms of, I, I thought not only were they poor defensively to start, I thought their forward pack was disappointing. I think that's turned around. I thought Tarpany was one out. Papali's getting fit. Yeah, Hudson Young get back to good form. Corey Horsberg with had a bit of a slow start. He's really been revved up the last dudes, six weeks. A lot of those guys toured. And they all so, cycle off one another. And in particular now, to have that three-headed monster, they have Horsburgh, Papaletti, and Tarpany. And the other night, Papa was back to like vintage Papa. Him and Jack were just cutting some blokes in half. That's the best version of Papa. Because he used to be yeah. a guy that you'd, you'd be tipped up, don't run at him, regardless of where he's on the field. Don't find him. He was sacking blokes the other night. So with those three punching through the guts, makes it very easy for your nines. It's buying plenty of time for Fogarty, who I think the best part of Fogarty's games is kicking game. That's certainly coming to the fore. Well, like, and then you look at... That was one of the best 40-20s we've ever seen, that low laser one that he put in. like That one is indefensible. Yeah. The fullback didn't even get a chance because there's not even a bounce. And they're in a really good position with middles because in New South Wales Cup, they've Stacked. got Corey Harawira and Ira, yeah, Trey Mooney, one. and Adam Mariota. Well, Mariota's up at the moment, but yeah, between right. him, Gula, Mooney... Well, Mariota played Cup on the weekend against Parramatta. Oh, they've named him this week, so... 
Mate, he was... Um, they got a good rotation. Yeah. They like, got good depth. Any any three of those guys in cup, you feel confident playing NRL. This was part of our pre-season. No, I still thought they should be in the eight because they went out and didn't sign anyone for that reason. They obviously banked on a few of those guys coming into the fold and adding to what they already have a real strength in. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that's emerged a little bit more now, the constant development of a Tomoko, Rapana back tackle breaking Chris. They've got more coming from their back five, which used to be vintage Canberra. They used to all start with their back five, like Rapana, Leilua, these sort of guys, and they'd get second phase, and their forwards would get off the back of it, and they'd just play unstructured off the back of tackle breaking and offloading. Yeah. You're watching it at the moment. There's a bit more of that coming back into the fold. And Jack's head's obviously clear, and Fogarty's that guy you sort of need just to control and kick and do his job, and he did that the other night with a couple of 40-20s. So. Yeah. Still some concerns defensively, like the Hopgood one off Madison's kick. That's just some good footy. The Penasini line break off that scramble was pretty average, and then Cartwright summed it up nicely to raid the short side. Sevo, like, they had three or four bodies there, realistically. Again, should have been stopped. But that's the one thing, I guess, they can work on. Yeah. And that's a lot of teams, unfortunately, at the moment. Defense is the same thing we talk about every week. But all those other points, multiple good middles, they can kick the front door in, they can roll downfield, they can buy space for the outsides, they can break a moment open like they do with the Tomoko. Um, and there's confidence building within their spine, and in particular their halves are getting better. So if that three-headed monster in the middle in particular stays in that rotation, that's a really, really good foundation. It's the reason they went on the run they did at the back end of last year. They were the second most or most offloading team in the comp besides Parramatta. They played off their middles and the damage they did, and that's sort of the building block of their, their side. Yeah. So good signs, uh, five in a row, regardless of how they've got them. Parramatta, you could definitely see the absence of Moses in terms of their set finishes. Um, thought Arthur did his job a couple of nice moments dug into the line almost laid a try on almost went through once on his own it's disappointing when you see people obviously post or bring stuff up there was a parent who said afterwards that he was there with his children and discouraged a few people that were giving him an absolute bath and that someone literally in the end who asked him for an autograph he asked back were they sure they wanted an autograph that's pretty sad like, I know his old man's a coach and what like if you've watched enough cup or watched him play there, he's certainly competent. Yeah, well, he like, definitely is. He's yeah. more than competent to play in a role. It's I'd a hard say, situation. I'd say pretty confidently he won't be a paramount next year. And I don't be, think he will be either. He'll be starting somewhere else yeah. in, in an NRL team. This situation just makes it harder. And I think playing at a club like Parra, like, yeah, it's it's rough. He do, he probably does need to go somewhere for, for his own development, but also for that reason. It's, it's a heavy cross to bear at times. No one deserves that treatment. No, no, you don't. And look, I've never, I've never met him. I've never coached him, but I will say this: I know a lot of people who have, mm. and all they say is how hardworking he is and how good yeah. a human he is. So, irrespective of what you think about him as a player, yeah, or his old man, or that situation, like, the, yeah, yeah, it doesn't give you the right to no. shit, shit bag him in front not of like people. That. And, not yeah. like that. Well, it's it's pretty rife, man. Like, yeah, I know. We know it's for rife. whatever reason. I don't. I like it. Seems to have increased. In the last few years, just in how vocal even, people are. I know, like on social media, it's different because you don't have to say it face to face. but it's easy to do it. But in person, it surprised me a bit more. But well, like I said, I've watched him play. But enough. I don't know whether that's that's a byproduct of social media because we've Probably. just enabled it just so a much. False confidence and feel as though that you just got a right to say it. Like, mm. But yeah. like again, for the times he's been in, I think he's done his job. I didn't agree, like I said yeah. last year, that you'd carry him as the fourteen. But that's the morality what of of. 
some people who just think, oh, ridiculous. That that's okay. It's, yeah. So when I've watched him play cup, he dominates cup. Oh, yeah, he's he's a difficult player to, to play against in any grade. I've watched him play you guys. I've watched him play TV games. I've called him a few years ago when he was playing up as well. Like He's, yeah. he's well and truly above the cup level. Yeah. I'll, or he's more than confident. I coached against him last year and this year, and he's I'm 0-2 against him. Mm. He's a very, so, very, very competent cup player. But yeah, I thought between them and Brown, Brown in particular, I know the long kick's not really his thing, but when they got on the back foot a few times, sort of felt the one thing you know about Moses is he can land on that box in the corner. Yeah. As much as I give him some stick sometimes, that sometimes it seems like he literally is just a professional kicker, you can't deny the fact that when he is there, he certainly makes up for some poor sets or you know, put, puts a pretty positive spin on some negative sets or some things that get out of control for Parramatta. Yeah. He can drop it in that corner, put it in the cage, turn a set around. Or he can hit one nice and long if you're on the back foot. But it was more just that. Arthur came out afterwards and complained about the penalty count. I think he said that, they, you know, during the year, they're one of the least penalised teams. Didn't understand how 10-3 was justified. Again, without watching it again, because it's been a few days ago now, when I saw the comments afterwards, I was a bit like, uh, I don't know. You know, the sin bin that Ricky Stewart defended, I, again, I didn't agree with him on that one. I think Horsberg was a little bit more rash than just a strike. It was a good left-hand <laughs> sneaky jab and... The fact that uh, that sort of confused me, like that Melbourne one where Flegler grabs Penne and he's like, you engage, but then he still gave the try. I'm like, well, if you're Sinbin and him for grabbing the marker, it can't be a try. Yeah. Similar to that one, they're like, well, Madison's third. Like, Madison ran in on what wasn't blowing as an error yet, and then Horsburgh's come over and cracked him. So how's Madison getting penalised? I don't understand. You get the penalty, but he goes to the Sinbin. I'm like, well, that infringement's clearly worse than that, and that was sparked from nothing. So... Mm. At times, I'm I'm a little bit miffed on the logic, but um, yeah, Hopgood, Madison, a few of those guys tried hard for them. Guthrie tries hard. Brown certainly had the running game there. Busted him up a few times, had some opportunities, but they're a similar deal at the moment. Defensively, like the Raiders got him on a few times just with kicks, a couple of simple line breaks and some opportunities, and um, I guess for Parramatta, they're in a, a, a difficult position now. I think they're looking at a point where if they don't win this week against Souths, which if I'm being honest right now, I won't be tipping them. They'll be four and eight. Paulo definitely goes into origin. And Lane went off with a bad hamstring injury. And they've only just started to get that forward pack back together. Mm-hmm. So if they're a bit short on their forward pack again during origin, I don't know what their draw looks like. But they've certainly got some ground to make up. And I I wouldn't put it past Madison being back in the frame either from his form the last few weeks. And the fact we've got a distinct short of middles. I don't know how that bench is going to be made up, but we are really lacking in the middle. Or guys that can at least play that dual role if they went that small ball sort of skillful way. Yeah. Because last year I thought he was a good pick and they did what they've done with a few guys where essentially picked him like Campbell Gillard, gave him one game, then threw him out with the bathwater. And I was like, well, don't pick him in the first place. It's one thing we have a terrible habit of doing. Yeah. And then we wonder why guys don't play that well or don't go well when they get back in again because they've already been burned once. There's an internal pressure, I think, that gets built in them going, oh, well, if this doesn't work out, I'm gone. We have a terrible habit in New South Wales doing it. So. Uh, Canberra roll on 5-0 and Parramatta um, yeah and even like I said attack wise they created five line breaks to two so it's not like they didn't come up with some opportunities exactly, um, yeah. but yeah Canberra got them off a few kicks and caught them out a few times so leave that one behind Knights Titans 26 is your favourite number the Titans score 26 almost every bloody week but that second half leak was what you've talked about a hundred times again well I tipped them I tipped Newcastle. I know you did. And I tipped Titans, stupidly. Yeah. 
But defensively, like you said, when you guys decide that that's going to be a week-to-week thing, I think they're going to be a very good football side. They will be, yeah, no doubt. Um, and they've proved <clears> it again with some of the attack, but it's just none of those games where you watch it and it's like, well, it was just small stuff, fundamental stuff, shifts where even like a ponga was marked and then someone turns out and just lets him be like, there was, there was some real easy, <coughs> really, really. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Very easy tries that came um, that just shouldn't have came. 46 and points, come on, man. 12 all at <laughs> half-time, nine-second half-tries. Both teams weren't great in that department, but to cop six. Well, I think the Titans led with 25 to go, 24 to go. Yeah, through had a couple of late ones they jagged back through an intercept. Um, yeah. Newcastle, always difficult at Newcastle, but yeah, to leak as many as they did in the second half, it was pretty disappointing. <laughs> yeah, it's embarrassing. I will wrap the man, like I said the other year, for feeders form again. He's been awesome. Absolutely awesome. And this is the point, again, talk about the money, talk about where he's at. If you're getting paid that sort of money, at least every week, top three. This year, he has been that guy. He's been army of one. Mm-hmm. So when they rally around him and Tino and get a little bit more stability in their D, there's the makings of a real good side. And even in my head now, like I'm, it's not like it really matters. If, if both and more was healthy and they had both those back rows the way they were building, with him and Foz and a little bit more confidence in a Sexton or a Boyd or a bit more stability at nine, like if Verrill stayed there the whole year, man, that would have been really interesting to watch. 100%. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't really know what else we can really take out of this one other than they need to decide what they want to be on that side of the ball because week to week at the moment... Well, it's not even that. You'll it's... get out to a good lead and you'll, you'll, you'll do more than enough damage second phase and use your left edge in particular, Lafayette, Nakar, Pereira, Kelly... Foreign and Fafita are, are creating more than enough, whether Campbell's in or AJ Brimson's there. But defensively, they just leak way too easily. And the other thing as well is these points aren't coming off, you know, sustained pressure or targeted attacks or them working over a spot or turning you around or wearing you down. It's, it's just coming in gluts. Generally, when it rains, it pours for the Titans. They don't concede here or there, or there's a broken play, or there's a good piece of constructive play here. It just seems to be, it's one minute, it's on and it's off, but when the tap gets turned on, it, it's on, and you just pile in. Yep. So, how they fix that, I don't know. That was the big reason why they went after someone like Brett White, who worked a lot with Kev right now, but I'm sure he's even rubbing his head some weeks watching the video. I reckon he would be, Because yeah. there's no doubt he would have <laughs> showed him a bunch of these things a thousand times about, this is a simple inside shoulder, we had numbers here. This makes no sense. Why did we do this? This is just the one I miss on goal line where, you know, we're negative here. We're not positive. Why are we not moving forward? Or we've got grass point. Like, there'd be a million of these things. He's probably been over and over again. He'd just be bashing his head on the wall at this point. I would imagine so. Saying exactly what we're saying. Get this shit right, and we're in the eight easily. Yep. Because we can score 26 to 30 points a week. No worries. Pretty but much. if we concede that much or more, it doesn't matter what we can do with the football. Correct. Uh, for Newcastle, Billy Slater would be feeling a lot better because I'm sure that he was locked in with Ponga regardless because he's been 
man of the match and played well for Queensland and they're very loyal in that sense but to see what he did on the weekend he'd be feeling a lot more reassured and on top of that probably the other thing we've known the whole time at least you know he's not going to be in the front line playing six defensively but to watch him run with the confidence set up a couple of tries put the kick in for Rizal um, the way he got his way through that game, he would probably be sitting at home feeling a lot better about himself. Absolutely. Hoping that next week, as long as he gets through, I know what he's done for us in the past, regardless of how he's played for Newcastle. Yeah. So, big tick for Newcastle fans watching that, but even bigger tick, I think, for the Queensland types, especially Billy Slater, would have been feeling much better about that. And feeling just as good watching Walsh torch Melbourne a few times on Friday, going, if we need to call on him, we've got a ready-made replacement. Yeah. At any point, but... Definitely. Uh, Frizzell, like I said, it's been one of his better seasons. There's murmurs around that he's back in the frame. He played pretty well on the weekend. Safidi, Marju, Hastings had a really solid year. It was it was an all-around sort of performance for them, but the second half in particular um, at home, it's always a difficult place to go play. And the last one, Sharks Manly. This is another one of those ones where I just look at Cronulla and scratch my head, and if I'm Fitzgibbon, I'm doing the same thing. Gone there as a defensive coach, build his bread and butter on defense, has all the attack in the world, can score from anywhere on the field, got one of the best back fives, tackle breakers, offloaders, awesome back rowers, so much attack across the park in this team. But they are very similar in the sense of they're in a game and they're out of a game. When they're tuned in, they're relentless. When they tune out, it can get real ugly. Yeah. In the second half, they hit 20-0. When they bought it up, Tom, which they talked about in the radio, that you know they put him on video all week. He had a couple of back-to-back efforts, sat himself on the wing, Called him out so they could spot him up. Nakora burnt him. Scored that nice try down that edge and got to 20 zip. I thought, this is going to be a 40-point 40, 40 game, something like that. Mm. And they just didn't do that. They shut off. Errors crept in. Manly chipped away. Despite losing Aloyo, Kelma's face fracture and that, they just slowly got away back in. Garrett got a couple. They were attacking at the end there at 2014 with the possibility. And it's one of those ones where, again, if I'm Fitzgibbon at halftime and I'm going in it, 14-2 of the early trial, I'm like, this is good. You know, 50 minutes, but it's another one where you're sitting there this week going, why do we only play for this glut of time? And then when we hit a flat spot or that, we don't even maintain some principles of good defense or complete sets or getting to our kicks. Like, when it goes bad for them, it just goes bad altogether. Massive. D goes out the window, shit misses, soft tries, penalties, <clears throat> discipline. Like, they, they conceded 12 penalties. And that's the same point we talk about. Coming into finals at the back end of the year, if these little nuances or you know creases aren't ironed out, they'll get folded again very quickly in the style of finals football. Yep. That's the worry when you watch them. So No doubt, man. Yeah. Um, for Manly, it's good to see some fight, but it came too, a little too late. Uh, yeah, watching Tommy still get around. There was moments where he looked all right. There's moments where he said, like I said, Nakora on that run past him where he's not hitting top gear. Where he just looks frustrated. Hmm. He looks frustrated. Yeah. Um, Garrick can't question his effort. I thought Paseca had a pretty good game too. A couple of guys there. Cherry always tries. But yeah, for Cronulla, Nico, Nakora, these sort of guys were really, really good. I love Sienna Catella. He has some moments in him, but man, he's good to watch with the ball in his hands. And I think another reflection, look at them in the weekend. Late outs, they lost Sifa, they lost Oregon. They already had a couple of injuries. The depth that we talked about for them in terms of, if you watch Trindle play those first few games, look at a guy like Tracy who moved into fullback and can play halves. Right? They, just, they got really good depth in key positions when they need it. Yep. So, yeah, they do. No doubt about it. Mm. <clears throat> look at the, you know, again, Newtown team's been strong in New South Wales Cup for a L. couple of years. So. Kale Hero, him and Dykes ought to play fullback. 
Um, and then they let Miller go, and now you know why. Because you look at it again this year, Tracy's gone there and done a job. Atkinson's done a job. Trindle's there. Like, Beryl, who's only played, like, one or two games. I don't know if he's a Atkinson's competent. Atkinson's a very good player. Exactly. He was in the Melbourne system. We had him for a few years and gave him one game. I always sort of wondered about him because he never got a chance, but he's, yeah, looked, no, he's, he's looked competent since. He was good against us on the weekend. But, yeah, to think they've got him, Trindle, Eero, um, you know, Tracy, who can play half centre, fullback. They've got really good cover for key positions. And I know Beryl, I think Beryl's only got one game since he's been there. Uh, maybe even not that. Yeah. But I'm sure he'd do a job if he was called upon. Um, so they're very lucky in that sense at the moment, which is why that window sort of there for me. And it's just going to get tougher. I think Woods is out injured on top of LIA and Kelmer. Um, so that, that already sort of hurt. So a bit lean in the forwards and then weeks coming. And then, you know, Kohler and Parker have only sort of just got back into the fold. Tom... Still looking a bit undercooked, like they've, they've certainly had their, their health concerns, that's for sure. Massively. So, interested yeah. to see when we get in now to these sort of lineups and tips what they've got named for this week. But that wraps up our reviews from the games from the weekend. Uh, thank you to the Penrith Solar Centre and Sinclair Hyundai. Now, let's preview the round and give our tips and thoughts. Thanks to bluebet.com.au. There is no one better than the true blue Aussie bookie. Download the app or visit the website today. And remember, what are you really gambling with, though? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Charity account win, like we said, with Dave. Put some money in the bank, $684.57, hoping to find another winner this week. And if we look at the first game, we got a belter. The Broncos go back to Suncorp to play the Panthers. Unfortunately, that will be without Adam Reynolds. They've ruled him out for the week, so Jock Madden will come in to that seven jersey, and that's the only change for them. So uh, Ben at home helps, and obviously having the forwards and everyone on board, but that's a big blow for Penrith. No changes. Spencer, as I said, that ruptured testicle at training, he'll be missing still. For it could be anywhere for two to six weeks, depending on recovery, pain tolerance. So, uh, um, yeah, I don't think he's going to be in any rush. Hosking passed a HIA, so he's going to be available. So they've left Liam Martin on the bench there to help out um, in terms of whether they use him as a middle or push Hosking in for now. Who do you like in this one? I'll go Penrith. <clears throat> With if Reynolds is out, then yeah, all right. I there was a I, difference last time they played. I'll go there because the kicking game makes a hell of a difference. I think Jock will do a solid enough job. And with Carrigan and the guys they've got, it wouldn't surprise me if they did get home. Because um, like I said, Penrith at times, attack-wise, you know, it's been a bit hit and miss this year. But you know what you're going to get defensively. Kicking game, control, an 80-minute effort. And the loss round one that a lot of people chatted up that they beat him and they're a contender. I'm sure they'll be looking to maybe get one back before the origin period. So I'm sure they'll be going out with a point to prove. Um, and with both of us being on the Panthers, the odds of bluebet.com.au, actually pretty heavy favourites. dollar forty. Brisbane, two ninety five, almost three. So I wasn't expecting that. Mm. Um, but obviously the Reynolds thing's moved the needle a fair bit. Minus seven and a half is the line they've given there. Dragons Roosters playing again already. Only three weeks ago, but, uh, you know, tough time and, and probably appropriate these two are playing each other given the current circumstances that they find themselves in. Carl <laughs> will be taking over for his first game. Roosters off the back of stealing that win and a tough win in New Zealand, a couple of bad weeks and getting blitzed last weekend. And Ryan Carr's first Dragons team, he's recalled Zach Lomax, Max Fiona, the man to miss out. Ben Hunt has moved back to halfback. 
Jaden Sullivan gone back to the bench, hooking role. Moses and Bayer dropped out of the team, and Jacob Little is back in at hooker. Mick Molo in at lock as well. And then on the rooster side of things, changes from last week. Jerry Marner with that ankle is out. Luke Keary moves to 5'8". Drew Hutchison comes in off the bench to play halfback as Sam Walker is out. Jabria Hargraves also injured. He's been named to play, so we'll wait and see what happens there. Egan Butch is back from concussion in the back row. Satili Tupanua rolls in off the bench to start in the back row. Crichton goes back to the bench and Fletcher Baker drops out. This is one of those ones where you... You know, coach gets fired, bounce back, home crowd, new energy. I'd love to say the Dragons, but I think the Roosters are just as much in need um, on their side of the fence. But I think with the questions on Jared, might be a late call back in for Baker or even Nathan Brown. They haven't used Nathan Brown yet. I'm going to go. I'm going to go the Dragons. Yeah, I was about to say. I feel dumbfounded to even say this, but clear in the air. Um, a bit of anger and tension built up with those guys. A couple of changes and settling things back down. It's at net strata. I think they might get a response this week. Um, but I reckon this might be a good game just because you know the noise around both clubs this week. Definitely. But yeah, for the Roosters, a bit of question mark there. Still on Jared Hutchison when he got into the flow the other year when he was asked to play halves over eight to ten weeks, he got better. I think it's a big ask to just jump in when you've been playing center. Off the bench, nine, this, you know yourself, that sort of rhythm that you get as a half. So don't know if that'll fire straight away. One person I've been happy for um, in these last two weeks, Billy Smith. Guy's had an awful run of injuries, can play football. He didn't have a great week last week. Oh, he, <coughs> still, had, he still had some good attacking moments individually in a poor side. Oh. But you're talking about a guy who's been, you know, almost four years Mr. Footy. Forget all that. He's got plenty of talent. So mm. still think he done. Mm. Still think he did some good stuff with the mm. ball. Um, but yeah, both on the Dragons. Let's see what the bookies think about this one at bluebet.com.au. They're the Outsiders, $2.75. Roosters, $1.45. Minus 6.5 is on there. So, I don't know. Maybe a bit of value at 1 to 12, 3.85. But Ryan Carr, like you said, getting his uh, first crack there as the interim. And Friday night, Belter to finish. Allianz Stadium. It is the Bunnies up against the Eels. And for the Bunnies, Tom Burgess, not named. Late withdrawal last week with a back injury. Jed Cartwright won't play either after the concussion protocol. Saluka Fafita is the new man who comes in onto the bench in that circumstance. And Taff is now in the 17. He was a late call in last week for the Eels. Mitchell Moses returns after his concussion protocols, but Sean Lane hamstring out. So Cartwright comes back in on that left edge. Makatoa joins the bench, and Sean Russell comes back in for Hayes Dunster. Um... Yeah, I I think South will want to be winning. I agree, my friend. Origin. I Uh, I think Para are desperate to win, but Lane's a big out. Davey got thrown into the fire after not getting much footy. They have to start the back row straight away. I think those edges will certainly be targeted and giving those guys a workout. So looking at those two and looking at the bookies, they certainly agree. Bluebet.com.au, South are $1.35,320. For the Eels, eight and a half the start you can get there. And then we get to Saturday, kick off the early game up at Coffs Harbour. The Sharks travelling up there again this year. They've had some good success previous years to play Newcastle. So if they both defend and attack the way they have the last few weeks, this could be a 60-point game. Could be. But yeah. looking at the Sharks side of things, Sifatalakai is still 
injured with a neck issue, so Connor Tracy holds that spot in the centres. Oregon Kafusi will return after withdrawing late last week. Crook McInnes played prop last week, but he broke his hand, so he could miss up to four weeks. Hamanuele has been named in the extended squad, so he's a possible early return uh, from a ligament issue there. But for now, Oregon Kafusi back in the front row with Royce Hunt and with uh, McInnes off the bench. They've got Trindle, Jack Williams, Wade Graham, and Tom Hazelden at the moment. Uh, on the Newcastle side of things, it's the same 17 as last week. Jack Hetherington goes from lock to prop in a swap with Leo Thompson and Adam Elliott played 35 minutes last week uh, off the bench. So they'll be looking to probably up his minutes, but he maintains his spot there. I think this is a danger game. Do you, mate? I do, mate. I- I'm going to tip the Sharks because, again, I think they've muffed a few that they shouldn't have and coming into origin, um, if Nico is taken... You know, I still think they've got good position cover with Trindle and a couple of guys to cut, potentially win a couple of games. But you look at the Dolphins game, you look at a few of the other ones they've sort of muffed. I think this is a one of those ones they'd want to win. Yeah, I think they'll win. So, but I don't think they'll have it all their own way. The way that Newcastle have showed up a few times, but let's look at the odds for this one again with Bluebet.com.au. They're a dollar thirty-three favorite. The Sharks, Newcastle three thirty-nine and a half the line there. So. Think Newcastle can bring the fight to them. You get a bit of value. Tigers at Leichhardt for Luke Brooks's 200th game. Uh, this just makes me think of the guy in the video. Your curse continues first. Because the Cowboys, regardless of where they've been or what stage they've been, they've got a horrible reckon at Leichhardt. Mm. Mind you, though, the Tigers haven't won at Leichhardt recently either. But for some reason, this has always been a game this is they true. win. And again, I'm not into hoodoos, but this one is real. Um, but 200th for Luke Brooks, Saturday Arvo on the Cairns at Leichhardt. Not an easy task, but there's no changes for them from last week. Same 1-17, to and the Cowboys have just one change. Tanoa Brown is out with a head knock. Riley Price comes onto the bench, and the talk is Tumalolo will be back next week. So I'm t- tempted to tip the Tigers. No, the Cowboys. I'm not going to, but I'm tempted. But it wouldn't surprise me. I'm just going to throw it out there. Mm. Mm. It'd be nice for Luke Brooks to be able to celebrate some sort of win in a milestone, the way his career's played out so far. But we'll see if they can back it up after being pretty consistent the last few weeks. But similar to you, I think Cowboys, I'm looking at this going, we need to be 6-6 six and six before Origin. They'd really make up for a poor start and then get Tamalolo back next week. Holmes potentially might be the only one who goes out, getting NI back the week after and just slowly try and get the... Things back on track, but the odds with this one with bluebet.com.au Tigers $2.30 outsider. Uh, the Cowboys $1.60 minus four and a half the line. And things wrap up with a cracker Saturday night. It's Suncorp, Bellamy versus Bennett, long term rivals, Munster versus Bennett after he gave him a bit of a spray in the offseason. The ex Melbourne crew, the Bromwiches, Felice Cafusi. This could be a very interesting game, I think. And I think this crowd. They're going to get their money's worth. But, uh, returning, Bromwich off a hamstring, Branko off a hamstring after their buy. Val Tuare dropped after his impressive debut. Poasa Farmasuli also drops out. Ray Stern comes back from concussion onto the bench. And Mark Nichols has been named 18th man in a return from a thumb injury, but could be a late in for Melbourne. Nelson has been named to start, but will be tested throughout the week. He has a rib issue and a leg issue, so... 
Tui's on the bench for now, but if he's out, likely uh, they'll call in Tarek Sims. I'm going with Melbourne. Storm, yeah. Again, um, just before Origin, probably want to close things out, but I reckon this will be a very close game. Any one time it's been a game here where anyone's written the Dolphins off, they've either won or they've taken it to the death. And with these two and their rivalry and the ex-Melbourne boys, I think there's going to be plenty of feeling in this one. Definitely. So yeah. it should be a good one to watch. And the odds... The sponsors of the Dolphins, bluebet.com.au. They're the outsiders at $2.75. The Storm, $1.45 favorite. Six and a half is the line. And Sunday Arbo to wrap us up. A-Core Stadium, the Doggies versus the Titans. 2 p.m. And for the Dogs, Adokar named again. Uh, had to pull out late last week, so Blake Wilson for now goes back to 18th man. They've decided, as we said earlier... Carl Oluwapu is going to move into the starting side. Reynolds goes back to the bench. Sam Hughes has been added to the bench. And Franklin Pelle drops out for the Titans. Aaron Clark is back after missing last week through injury. Isaac Fala-Samula-Aui moves out into the reserves for the only change. <sighs> Danger game. Because you guys, again, could score 30, but you could also still leak 30. You could also concede 100. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to tip you guys, but again, I'm not bloody confident. You burn me. Yeah, well. Huh. They burn me every time I do tip them, and then they, when I go the other way, then they? Who are the dogs got back? Uh, well, they've named Fox, but yeah. again, he'll play. 18th man's again, again. He'll play. Oluapu's starting with Burton this time, and their pack is pretty much the same as it has been. Pungai's there with King. Waddell, Preston, Harrison, Edwards. So they're still a bit light on. Benches, Fatala, Mariner, Ockhambor, and Hughes. So I'm going with Tides. But I don't think they're going to have it all their own way. Let's put it that way. Um, I'll go the dogs. <coughs> Doggies. Yeah, I just... What had just Burton been playing? From memory. Left. Who? Burton plays on the left, doesn't he? Yeah, usually. So Dave will be running at the kid all the way up. I'll be putting a hundy on Dave this week. Just to go into tens again. So let's look at the odds with this I one. I just like I feel like the Bulldogs are a similar team to Newcastle. They're just a bit gritty, mm. and the Titans hated that type of game. And on the right day, as they've done to a few teams this year, they find a way to win. Yeah, and if not, they've dragged a few teams down into the doldrums and made them earn it. That's for sure. Mm. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see Oluwapu play from minute one and how that dynamic works. But the odds, they're slight outsiders. The doggies at home, 205. The Titans, $1.77 favorite. Minus one and a half is the line there. And to wrap things up, it is the Raiders at home at GIO Stadium. Sunday afternoon footy against Manle. Um, and Wolford is the only player missing with a concussion, but it's offset. Denny Levi, perfect timing, returns from his broken jaw. Starling will push up to start. Levi will come off the bench. And for Manly... Few changes. Jake Trebojevic is pushing to return from his injury in time for Origin. Schuster is back for his first game. Aloye, though, is out. Kamatua Lungi is out. Ben Trebojevic will come into the back row spot for Kelma. Samuel Fainu goes onto the bench. And Ben Condon also comes on the bench because Aaron Woods is also out with a fractured thumb. So, basically, new look bench there. You've got Lawton, Fainu, Bullimore, Condon. Um, ben in the back row with Jake Kepi pushing up into the front row. Uh, it's a Trevojevic trifecta. All three starting. Mm. 1, 12, and 13. 
uh, with that much change and what they've got on the bench in Canberra, I think it's a positive to get Levi back in to that hooker combo with Starling, plenty of leg speed, especially if they punch through the middle. Um, I'm going the Raiders at home. Yeah, yeah. Because when we look at the flip and we talk about benches in particular, to bring on Gula, Solo, who I think's done a good job. Uh, Sami Solo. Sami Solo. I used to love calling that one in Cup. And Arta Mariota, and then you've got, you know, Tarpani, Papali, play big minutes, Horsberg plays big minutes. I just think their rotation might wear down what Manly's got in terms of their Pasami solo. It's not Pasami, it's Sami. Give me a give me a can of solo. And then you've got Arta Mariota, Emre Gula. It's a big, big bench. And I love saying Hamole Olaka Atao. <coughs> Olakatao. Who's that Cooper Cronk says Olakatao. I just call him Holy Homoli. Holy Homoli! When he just runs over someone like a small child. Michael Innes. Yeah, the front. Michael Innes. Olukawatu. Just run over the top of him. Like me to my little brother on the front lawn when I was a kid. Drop the shot over his head. Big man. Huge. Look at the legs on him. There you go. What a player. What a player for the manly team. So, odds on that one. Both on the Raiders. <laughs> They're a $1.55 favourite with bluebet.com.au. Manly, $2.45. Outsiders, minus four and a half is the line there. Um, yeah, see you down there. So, Dogs, Titans is the only one we've got different. And see you down there, bro. Last week, we both got six. So, you're on 53, I'm on 50. Been a lot of lean weeks to start, but... You're getting spanked, mate. It's been one of those ones this year so far, but big thanks to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to bet with anyone, do it with the true blue bookie. But just remember, what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential help, visit support, uh, gamblinghelponline.org.au. And, uh, yeah, charity account, thanks to them. $684.57. Hoping to add to that this week. Penrith Solis, and if there is no one better, go see Jake and the team. 138 Bat Street if you want to see the physical shop or give them a call, 1800 2029 And just around the corner from them, on the corner of Bat Street, York Road, you could drive there and you knew Hyundai if you go see Toby and the team there. That's Sinclair. Toby Hyundai. and the team. Tobias and the team. Team, team, player, team. He's a good player for the Hyundai team. Mm. SinclairHyundai.com.au. Call Laurie and the team, 47-6006-03. And I said it last week that we'd do Origin, but I, the way things are going, I mean, health-wise, we'll just wait until the teams are named and then basically say that what we would have picked. Are any differences from what comes out? Yeah. But I guess in talking point, I think one of the only one thing that a lot of people are confused about right now, do you think they'll go with two hookers or do you think they'll go with the utility? New South Wales, that is. I'd go with the utility. I'd be picking Matt Burton. Because this is the question that a lot of people are going, okay, if they go Luai or Nico, then who would you pick? So I know Matty Johns has been big on Cody Walker to come in and play some nine or this, that, and the other. I'm more with you. I yeah, think, I could, I could I, I, I think if you go the other way, I'd probably look at a Burton because I think Burton's more natural for one, six, seven, nine center. He's bigger body. And <laughs> for that reason, I think Nico could still do that job. Some say he couldn't. I disagree. I think he played one. He plays six and seven. He could play center too. Oh, I'm either picking, I'm picking Nico at seven or I'm not picking him at all. Well, he's not going to be seven. Clear he's going to be seven. Sorry, at six. Sorry. So, yeah. Yeah. But... <clears throat> Yeah, I just sort of... Cause Theory at seven. And last then, year, we were so big on the dual nine. Cause then same everyone, as Jerome. It, um, it's either Jerome or uh, Nico. 
Mm. And then I'm, I'd, mm. I'd just be picking Burton as me 14. Well, who would you that's, pick? This that's is me, though. Because now they, yeah, that's the thing. Now they're saying they'll go two nines. Now last week, it's like, oh, they won't go the two nines. If they went one nine, who would you pick at the Uppy. moment? You would go with Uppy? Yeah. Because oh. I think Cook's form's definitely a lot better this year. Um, yeah, it is. But I just think Uppy gives you more deception. Uppy's got, if yeah. you're going to pick. I'm with you there. If you're going to pick. Uh, Clear in Luai, and the argument is uh, based on combination. Yeah. Then the combination you pick Appy. Yeah. No, I agree. But I was, you know, I was sold a few weeks ago. They go the two nines, and then they're like, "Oh, they'll go utility." I'm like, "We can't have a nine and a utility. You just waste your bench." He's like, "Oh, well, clean them. Like, I don't care what Queen's going to do. Hunt's not the same for us. Hunt can play thirteen <laughs> nine half. They'll start with him. They'll roll Harry in, and then Hunt will be there for all purposes. Yeah. And then on top of that, they always have back row and middles that are generally a little bit smaller." can play different positions and they'll either go straight up three middles like they usually do or they might even drop a Kate Well or start with a Kate Well or a Gilbert and roll a Fafita in. Like yeah. But we always seem to look out the other side of the fence that we're going to have two nines. I'm like, they're two nines, not the same as our two nines. Their situation's very different to Just pick your best team. Exactly. But um, you, you need to pick your bench with your interchanges in mind. Like, well, that, that I'll was never the forget the year we picked who was the poor bastard from Manly. Bureau. Pick Bureau and Did didn't have a plan to get well, him on the field. Rick Stewart gave him like four minutes and then canned him. Oh, it was Laurie Daly, I think. Um, Rick Stewart. Was it? Yeah. Pick Jamie Bura. What year was that? Oh, it was a while ago now. Yeah, I think. It was before Laurie took over. Laurie came after Ricky. Um, the, other, the big one for me, because I was looking at it, I wrote a list the other I thought day. Ricky coached, Ricky's last year was like 07, 08, somewhere around there, wasn't it? Nope. No, he coached again after that. We'd have to Google it. Did he? I, I struggled with looking at the bench because we're so short on middles right now. And I know they're probably going to pick Jake if he's healthy. Um, but for me, once RCG and Kalama Tungi got hurt, like for me, that really hurt. Because yeah. I would have had Kalama Tungi walk up, start, Campbell Gillard, Paulo, Haas. It just would have made the rotation so much easier to have those three middles and then have Murray on the bench. Like I, I would have had Olukawatu or Hudson. The way they're playing right now, I'd probably still go those two. I think back row, it's sort of just wasted having Murray there. Mm. Hear all the talk. Oh, you know, but when he tackled for feet, I'm like, yeah, but we just sort of picked him to counter them. Like, I don't want to pick to counter. Let's pick to win. Like, oh, Murray did a good job on him. Yeah, but he wasn't effective and he didn't carry through the middle and we didn't get the best parts of Murray. We just had him stopping yeah. for feet. How about we just pick to win a game rather than we do this to stop him and we do this to stop. They don't do that to us. Mm. They just pick their team. What year did he catch? 05, one year, and then 11, 12. Yeah. Well, if you click... So up, Bellamy you, must have been... 11, 12. So Google Jamie Bureau and you'll see what year he played Origin. I'm pretty sure it was under Ricky Stewart. Yeah. Jamie Bureau. Jamie Bureau with his headgear. Good player in his day, Jamie Bureau. Jamie Bureau. Parramatta Junior, who played for the Parramatta Seal. 2012. There you go. One game under Sticky. Played four minutes. Gone. Didn't pick him again. Bit like when we had to pick Dylan Walker on that that year. And it was like, what are we doing? Sticking him on the bench. We had a couple of weird utilities we've never used. Or had to force into a game. Mm. Because that's the thing for them. They don't need to force it in. They let Hunt start. Help with the kicking game. Roll Harry in when things get a little bit tired. And then they can throw him on at 13 or 9 or half. Whatever they need him to do. If they need him again. They might not use him at all. Mm. Mm. But uh, I, when I wrote the list, I found myself picking there so much easily and I just had to leave quality players out. But the thing is, you can justify anybody because of the form right now. Got beat 18, 12. 
Mm. Or 1810, sorry. When I did my New South Wales team, I found myself arguing, again, mainly back row and middles and how you'd make that work because we're so light on. The change was Merrin, Bura, Cray, Tony Williams. Ben Cray. So really, there's not really a standout middle there apart from Merrin. Nah, Merrin was the only... It's interesting just how we've... Straight up middle. Even theirs, their bench was Gillett, Taylor, Hannett, Shillington. Or Hannett, middle, Shillington, middle... Dave Taylor. Dave Taylor middle. definitely could play middle or edge. And oh, who was the other one? Gillette could play middle and Gillette. edge. Yeah, He's but what I'm saying is they, they haven't got a nine there, have they? Nah, they just pick straight up. Well, they'd, yeah. who, why would they? They'd Cameron Smith. Different. You're not taking Cameron Smith off the field. Mm. Like when we had Gillette, Parker, Hannett for game two. Parker. Good player. Gillette, T.O., Hannett, Shillington for game three. Mm. Well, I was just looking at hours going, well, I'd go small on the bench. That was the year I went to the decider and there was the, I reckon that was the year the Hodges obstruction try got beat by a point. Mm. <clears throat> so if you went Nico or Luai, Haas, Paulo, Olokowatu, like Hudson, then I'd just load the bench up. Uh, Murray. And then I'd be going small. But I know he's going to pick Jake if Jake's healthy. So yeah. that'll push Maybe my we'll post our teams on the Facebook page before... Um, the teams are announced at the end of the round. But yeah, I just I'm very interested to see could, what they do with the if bench. If we could organise that, well, it just depends where we are. You're going to be at the footy. I'll be in. I might be out of that as well. But yeah, then when they talked about Frizzell the other day, I'm like, all right. And then a lot of people go, "We'll pick Olakwati, but bench him." I'm like, if I pick Olakwati, he starts in the back row. Simple. Yeah, it's, I'm not picking him. Off I'm not the picking bench. him to play middle or roll in after. If he's playing, he's playing. It's like Hudson. But someone's like, pick Hudson on the bench. I'm like, no, he's your back row, or he doesn't play. Mm. There's other guys that can play those roles. Like, if you want to pick Frizzell like they used to for Australia to play middle and edge or Madison and Murray, like, and go small ball and leg speed, I can understand the I'd tactic. be picking Madison on the bench because I, would. I know he can play middle and back. And edge. And yeah. I'd pick Murray to play middle. And if they didn't go another nine, I know Murray can play nine. I know a lot of people go, what are you talking about? I watched him play his junior footy. He could play nine if you needed him to plug in there. Yeah. But that'd be worst case scenario if you didn't go two nines. And then, yeah, if you're going to pick one of those utilities like you said, Burton's probably played a little bit more in centre in those other positions. But Nico's obviously played more at fullback and halves in more recent times. Yeah. So it's then sort of weighing up, well, what, what do I prefer more? But in terms of straight up middles, I just think if we're going to go speed and power, and the other thing that has to happen this year for me, Haas has to play minimum 60. No roll off the bench or roll. Like Haas is a guy that just gets better the longer he plays because he just maintains the rage the whole time. There's no 10, 15 minutes or we roll him in. No, he just starts and he plays big minutes. He has a 30-minute stint or whatever it is until he gasses, comes off, and then you put him out there and he finishes the game. No more fucking around with him. He, we, like If you watch him and you know and you plan your interchanges like we've talked about, you look at him, there's a fairly simple plan. That guy just plays minutes and he gets better the more he plays. Mm. Mm. If the other way goes and he has to pick Jake and that's the way he goes, but then, yeah, I can concede maybe benching Paula. To bring some leg speed off the bench and a bit of size. And yeah. letting Jake do some spade work for 20 minutes. Definitely. But if he didn't go that way, I'd be going Murray, Madison. Then if you're going to go off third because we don't have many middles, I'd probably look at a Frizzell and use him in that role like he used to play for Australia. Yeah. And just have good guys there with good footwork, good leg speed, ability to get between the tackles and try and just punch holes through the middle. And then know that i got big minutes in Haas, big minutes in Yo. i got cover naturally for back row. I've got cover for centre in a guy like Hudson. I'd have no problem with him defending at centre if he had to go out one. He's certainly mobile enough. you got Burton there as that utility if you picked him. 
you got cover for one, center, six, seven, etc. And then your only real one you're leaving open for a little bit of debate is nine, but I have no problem putting Murray there. Just a dish. Yeah. And if that was a real worry, well, then you'd push a little while someone there just to dish and play and then put Burton in the halves. So, but you can't go two nines and a utility. No. For them, though, I, I think theirs is so simple with the way they've been playing. There's going to be guys miss out that you just look at, but you won't complain. Because whether it's a Cotter or a Welch or whoever's been in form, you sit there and go, well, Horsburgh's playing well, Arrow's playing well, Gilbert's playing well, Tino's playing well, Carrigan, Papaliti, like even Kate Law's spot's not guaranteed, but the way Gilbert, Fafita, and that have been going. Collins, who went away for Australia, Moiaki, like there's going to be four or five you look at and go, wow. Mm. But it's going to be well justified because they're all in form. There's no argument or maybe him for this reason or maybe him for this reason. Like it's, yeah, they're doing pretty well at the moment. And then Ponga ticked the boxes that he wanted. Cobo, I'd push Gagar to a wing. I'd have no problem with Hammer playing in the centers with Val. I think that's pretty much what they're looking like. So I, I don't really expect any surprises from them. I'm, I'm just more scared of what we pick. Yeah. Let's just see what pans out, my friend. I'm genuinely concerned. I'm genuinely concerned, Boxhead. I am. I'm worried that there's going to be a big, dirty pube, just a curly one thrown in there. Like, and I, I don't know, like, Liam Martin's only played 20 Jesus. minutes, and he goes, you could start in the back row and play big minutes. Mm. Something like that. Like, if they went there, again, I could cop it, if it's a bench roll, and then maybe coming in. But to go, you know... You've played half a game. You've been out most of the year. Now you're going to play 80 in origin. It, it scares me. Mm. It does, mate. Or like you said, Ola Kawatu or someone off the bench and butchering the interchanges and not letting him be in the game. Like just It, it generally concerns me. You just can't do it, mate. I, 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 I'm, I'm worried, mate. I am. I'm genuinely concerned. Mm. Mm. You watched Air today, I saw, with I someone posting yeah. the group that I said I wanted to watch it. I'd watch it a month ago. I loved it. it I great. did. It was very good. It is a good movie, isn't it? Right, yep. Yeah. Enjoyed it. I watched uh, the Madar murders this week. The we Madar. The Boston bombing. What is it called? American Manhunt or whatever it's called. Manhunt. Well, I've been pressing on with your suggestion of Yellowstone. We're now halfway through season three. Okay. Yeah. Still a good show. I'm just getting a little bit disappointed with our man Rip at the moment. That's all. What's he doing at the moment? Well, Rip was bashing and killing everyone. I was like, this bloke's the man. Now yeah. he's just all loved up with Beth. I'm like, what's doing? There's too much. Goody goo goo going on. I want, I want the old Rip back. Oh, he comes back. Right. Yeah, we well, better come back. He comes back because I loved Rip, and at the moment, Casey's sitting there going, "Oh, what about him and Beth?" I'm like, "Rip, Rip, start stop. ripping, stop ripping, do what you were doing before. Start ripping." When he, let the, when he let the ball go on that bar and just flogged the shit out of everyone with a stick, I'm just like, "This bloke is a legit madman." He's, he's, yeah. And then next minute, it's just all hugs and kisses and happy sunshines in the valley. I'm like, no. Yeah, look. No. Sometimes you just got to take it a bit easy, mate. No, you don't. When you mm. start off with that sort of peak and then you just hit a trough and go off soft, I'm not copping it, mate. Where's the... um? Where's what? Where's where's he at with the... Because he hates the singer, the... Um, Tex. He hates the... What's his name? Walker. He hates Walker, yeah. He already, Casey already took Walker to the train station and let him go. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm past that point. We're, that's about a season behind. I'm up to the part now where... But, yeah, but he returns. Walker returns. Well, you've ruined that for me. Uh, well, spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler, mate. Come on. Spoiler alert. I was about to tell you what I'm up to. That big investment company's in town. So 
Wade Morrow, his old enemies across the fence with the oh, buffalo. Yeah, yeah. They got the Texas girl Teeter, very big English. I like Teeter. And the barrel racers are there, and he's blowing up because Jimmy's with the bird and the blonde ones. Oh, has he got the new brunette? She's up with my man Lloyd. I love Lloyd. Lloyd's like, hey, Jimmy. Yeah, Damn but he's, so he's with... Yeah, he's with her, and they've been hanging out at the house and hanging out with them, the barrel racer girls. And they just went and rode buffalo at night with Teeter and all that. But oh, I got you. Rip sees Lloyd with the young bird and goes, God damn it, how young is she? He's like, You're old enough to vote and buy bullets. That's not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> she going to make bad decisions. Lloyd. I love Lloyd. Lloyd's a gun. He's a man. Um, and Jamie just found out that he's. Uh, Adopted? Yeah. That just, that, <laughs> that just happened. And I was like, Whoa. Oh, dear. He dropped that bombshell on him. Jamie. He's fucking having a mini meltdown, always stroking that hair. Then he came to the lounge room and he told him, I was like, Whoa. Shit. Then he went on the story about, yeah, the bull and the calf and your mum and that. And he's looking at him like, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you talking about, Kevin Costner? What are you talking about, Dad? Because look, mate, stop. Flashback to when you were in Robin Hood, you know, with with Morgan Freeman. And just come back to me now. Skip your Waterworld phase and talk to me, Kev. All right? That's all, mate. I like Yellowstone so far. That's great. Is that one of your favourites? You were on about for a while. Yeah, I enjoy it. You're up to date? I am. I just, this, now it's finishing and it's mid-season. I hated our show sort of. Yeah, release like that and drag you out. Yeah. That's sort of what I said, yeah. When I started and you told me, oh, the last one's not coming, I'm like, damn it. I'm, gonna I'm off it, mate. I'm going to run out it. soon. I'm going to hit that point. And... They sort of got me to a point where I just wanted a little bit more, mate. <laughs> Jerome, just not giving Jerome, me more. Blue eyes, crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, Yeah, I, uh, Succession's got... I think two to go. I haven't watched any more of those. Two to go. I think Ted Lasso's got two to go. So I've never watched that. Oh, mate, you're missing out. Well, I love Jason Sudeikis, so I am missing mate, out. Mate, it is... Yeah, that's probably my favourite show at the moment. Jason Sudeikis, if anyone hasn't seen Hall Pass, one of the... like. Ah, fuck your Hall Pass. I yeah, but you got to understand, because we're different like this. I love... Sometimes there's comedies that are... I've seen Hall Pass. Yeah, Hall Pass with Owen Wilson, yeah. There's some comedies that are so bad, they're good. That's a movie where it's so bad, it's good just in a there's few There's an moments. absolute glamour in that movie as well. Yeah, the Aussie bird. Yeah. She's absolute dime piece. She's a tan. She's a dime piece. You're doing the Billy Bob. <laughs> a motherfucking tan. I, I, I get a fucking tan. A motherfucking tan. <laughs> she's a tan. Yeah. That's a great movie. And when he's like, I'm with his eyes, like, what are you doing? He's like, saving them for later. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, prime. And then their old mate, who was the dad from Step Brothers, and he oh. goes out and picks up the chicks, sets them up with the bird who's like, just quit smoking, and she's in his bathroom. It's no good. She rips one in the uh, into the shower curtain. And obviously the legend of fake chow. <laughs> Jason Sudeikis says some great one-liners in that movie. Yeah, good on him. Good bad comedies. There's, there's some that are so bad. Good on him. What, there's, there'll, there'll be guys out there like me that listen to our show. If you want an all-time movie that is so bad it actually made me laugh because of the stupidity of it, Adam Sandler, that's my boy. That is so bad that it's good. Like ridiculously bad that it's good. Him, Andy Samberg, like... He's got vanilla ice in it. I watched it. I was like, the ridiculousness of this and some of the crap. At the end, I'd, I'd had a few tear moments where I laughed that hard. It was poo. I showed you the... I've showed you the YouTube clip because Rex Ryan's a, a bail bond at the end. And to save himself from going to jail, he bets on a guy at like 401 named Tubby Took in the New York Marathon. And there's the guy in there that's cross-eyed. And he's like, run, you fat fuck. <laughs> so I'm going to put that in our group chat because someone... If anyone's saying it or you know... 
just write to me in the group chat and I'll throw it in there. If you're all against me, well then just fucking down with you. Alright? <laughs> down with Relax, the lot of you. Down with the lot of you. Relax, buddy. But Tubby Took, Rex Ryan, the New York Jets coach. It's one of the all-time scenes. And Adam Sandler's got a mullet and a terrible Boston accent. It's it's right up there yeah, in a strip club. It's just it's all sorts, the heights of stupidity, but yeah, it makes me laugh. Alright? Okay, mate. And that's where I'm at. I don't know why you're getting so angry, mate. And that event too. What's doing? I haven't seen it. Is there more people getting on board midweek or what are people up to? I haven't had a look. Are they doing the stay in and order pizza? Don't want to come out on Wednesday? I don't know. Because, you know. I haven't really had a look this week. Well, we'll we'll have to have a look, mate. We do. Yeah, I spoke to Squinters, though. They're going to organise some grub and they're going to do some giveaways and some first try scorers and, um, yeah, getting in a big screen. It's going to be, yeah, pretty cool. They're not locking the whole joint off, are they? No. I was going to say. They can't if people aren't going to fucking commit. Commit. Yeah. Get on board. No, I just think there'll be there'll be other people there. All right. It'll be good. Let's wrap ourselves up after our, our rubbish chat. So you this weekend, are you on TV or not? Don't think so. Sunday? They had a Sunday game this week, but it was early. Did they? Yeah. It was Dragons Knights were on TV before your game. Okay, mate. So you're Canberra at what, one thirty? Uh no, I think it's one fifty this week. 150. It was 135 on the weekend. I think it's 150 this week. Let me have a look. Well, I called a good game in the weekend, the 16s. I had Cabra and Wenty. 150. Oh, both good. Both 150 good. on Sunday in Canberra. Seen some pretty impressive forwards, in particular on the Cabra side of the thing, but I saw a very good young half named Lachlan Metcalf. He was pretty good. He's playing up. His at, brother's playing at Flag Manly. He's a Hill Sports kid. Oh, he played up an age last year. He's playing up again this year. He's in development. He kicked, kicked a corker 40-20, okay. and he set two tries up. Yeah. I know. He the, was a good half. I know the family, mate. Well, I don't know the family, but I know I know the, I know his brother. Yeah. Where's he playing? Flag. He's Flag at Manly at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was Lachlan. down in Canberra for a bit. I think he might have had a little stint at Para as well. Well, if Para aren't on board after what I watched on the weekend... I don't know. But I liked what I saw. Good young fullback too, young fella, Logan Tyler. He's only light, but he would like, you know those people that are just, they get hit and they bounce? Mm. This guy got hit and he's like, it's like his legs just, he had a weird center of gravity. He just, every time he got hit, he just, legs come back under him. Mm. He just pin, pinballed off people. He's covered really impressive forwards, but. Interesting. Particularly that kid, to, he's only just turned 15, the 40 20 and some of the passes he threw. Yeah, right. I was like, that's pretty impressive. Metcalf. Yeah, right. Pretty impressive, mate. Well done. Go. Good on you. In the words of Dave Hughes, you. good on you. Mr. Metcalf. But it was a tight game. 18-12, uh, a couple of goals missed. Last set of the game, Cabra had a chance. So they look like they're going to be good. And this week I've got Hills Bulls at Crestwood against the Paris City Titans. So. What day is that? Saturday, every Saturday. week. Match the round. 5pm, baby. Brothers are playing at Crestwood on... Saturday? Um, Sunday, over. I was going to say. From there, early enough. And funny how the world works. Oh, Cully, our old PE teacher, is coaching the team that I'm calling. There you so go. Went there on the day and I was like, hey, mate, what are you here for? He's like, I'm coaching this team. I was like, funny how that works. There you go. So, full circle. The great Craig Carnone. But, there we are. Round 12 and I guess also to finish up, only December 4, it's Indigenous round. It is, yeah. So, we got some ripper. Indigenous. Favourite Indigenous player of all time? That's what I was about to say. Mine was GI. Who's yours? Oh, mate. 
How could I not love GI? We had some we've had some good indigenous players at Melbourne, but GI. Oh, when he chokes Liam Jamie Sow, that's still a highlight. Oh seven. When he came in as big Greg. He bulked up and oh, yeah. that was a shit game that night, but he just decided to use him and fucking pick him up and choke slam him and score that try. I think the game was like six four. But him at his peak. And then when when you took me when I had me busted leg, oh six when he was lanky Greg, that year he was incredible. He was like Inspector Gadget with those fucking arms. Some of the fens, some of the runs, he just glided. And I met him at Penrith. God bless uh, Phil Khalifa, he used to be the head of security. Took me back the year before. I remember Dan mm. saying to me, he goes, how do you even know this bloke? He, is, he hasn't played first grade yet. I'm like, all I've heard about is Greg Inglis. He was standing there, he was only like 18. He was just long, lanky, and he turned out to be a hell of a player. Mm. But he was my favourite Indigenous player. What about you? My favourite indigenous. I really player. like Preston as well. Scotty Scotty Prince would probably take the cake. But, but yeah, for a Titans man. Um, between him and Preston, you probably well, of all time, like not of teams I've supported, Cliff Lyons by a mile. Well, I was going to say num- the number two pick for me is pretty easy Cliff because of the way he played Lyons. it would be JT. Oh my god, JT was just something Cliff else. Lyons having cigarettes at heart. <laughs> Absolutely ripping darts and dominating fuck. games. Ripping ripping darts and breaking hearts. Mate, he was a boss. He was a boss. He's still playing. That's ridiculous. He's still smoking and playing. Great. It's like sixty something. Fucking ripping darts and ripping lines apart. Let him go. Him and Beaver. The Beaver. The combo they had. Wow. Oh, mate, they were unbelievable. But nah, watching uh watching GI, especially the early doors, <laughs> man. That was something to behold down there. He was even a guy like a guy like Owen Craigie. Oh, he was a freak. I remember I remember even that same night I saw Preston Campbell come out, mate. He looked like he stole his suit off the adult rack and it was a kid. That yeah. made me respect him. I was fifteen, I was bigger than him. Yep. But I looked at him at that time and I was holy shit, this guy's won a Dalian medal. Won a comp. And like every week you watch him the way he plays above his weight. It wasn't until I actually seen him up close. I was like, that is incredible. Owen Craigie, yeah, He was brave, man. He was very brave. I'll give you a random one. Sid Domic. Sid Domic. Mum squid. Mum used to cut his hair. Squid Domic. Just cuts in Penrith. Did you say... And I remember he always used to... He was always good to us. You, you probably don't remember. No, I, I remember. Only, Did you see him the other day? I was young as shit. He came up with the jersey design. Yeah, I did see him. I saw I a video. Um, he for did the, the painting. Nah, it was for Queensland. Queensland training shirt. Queensland that is a story. Did, he did, did the paintings it. with Greg Inglis and put the totems on it and the whole thing. He had the story and I was like, squid! He's a gun. Squid Domi, because I remember the headgear. Didn't he subby teach or was that someone else at uh, Domi's or something? One of them was a teacher, I thought, or subbed in. I don't know. I thought it was the squid. I wasn't even in high school yet, but I thought they said he was a teacher. I don't know. Do you want to be a part-time teacher? Do you want to be a part-time? Good on you. Good on you. I could be completely wrong, but you know. Throwing yeah, you're, it racking, you're racking your brain now. Like, oh. big, big mouth. Big Mal. Well, mate, the two, like I said, the two standouts clearly for me were still just JT and GI during that peak. GI, what a beast. And G, like JT. GI. But that night we went to Penrith. What were they down by? And JT just absolutely ran a train on Penrith and set up like three tries. You remember that? Yeah. Was that mid 2000s? Or late 2000s when I was like a teenager. I don't know if I was drinking age yet. But they were down. And I remember being there with you just going, this is a shit game. And then JT in the second half just was like on my back. Speaking of, how have we fucking forgot? I was about to say, there's one right there. Speaking of JT. What about Gordy? No, forget that. JT and Matty Bowen. Matty Bowen was an absolute fucking gun. Um, I used to love Mango. Big Artie. I didn't see much Artie, but Mango was impressive. Mango Bowen, Matty Bowen. 
Dale Shearer. Dale Shearer. Laurie Daly. Laurie. <laughs> um, Sam Bacco, what a gun. Blake Ferguson. I played with Sam Bacco's son at Para in 04, 05. Well, I was going to say that one. I'll, I'll throw you a, lo- a loose one. We've all played with someone who was just a freak, who was Indigenous. You know what I played with? I played with Kurtley Beale's younger brother, Ali Beale, and he could have been absolutely anything he wanted, Yeah, but on. he was in and out and that. But we played one day. He hit someone like 50 kilos heavier than him and just fucking rocked someone, kick a ball as far as you want, like do whatever, just add the ball on a string. And I just used to look at him because you're so small. You know, How the fuck are you doing that? Mm. It's incredible. Mm. Mm. Mm, you buzzed it. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah. There's yeah. some good ones out there still, obviously. Dave, watching Dave last week literally run away from Ponga, Lachlan Merlin, right? Just gassing it like 115 kilos. That's fairly impressive. Oh, yeah. He's a freak. I'm talking about that. Latrell. There's some, uh, obviously some good, always been some very good indigenous players. Cody Walker, watching him the last sort of five years and the way he's played. He's always impressive. There was one, there was a kid I coached my first year at the Panthers called Albert Boney. Albert Boney. Albert Boney. I remember Boney. He was just tiny. He literally, he was just that. He was. He was Boney. He was Boney. Literally. He was tiny, but he was a freak. He could play. Oh. Could play. Step on a 20 cent piece, that bloke. So, there you go. Chuck that one there too. Your favourite Indigenous player. Or if you got one left field that you can hit us with. Feel free. What about the Dell? Was Wendell? Dell, yeah. Dell played. Remember All-Stars when he picked up the corner post That's first right, game yeah. played the didgeridoo? Big Wendell. Wendell. Mate, some of his prime years. Good luck. Come off the back fence. No, oh. no thanks. I'm not in that kick chase. Mate, as you said, international Dell. Apologies. <laughs> international Dell. I am not in the kick chase. He was a good interview too that day we did that luncheon. I've got to do my shoelace up. I've heard, like, you have some people like, don't ask this, don't ask that. We didn't even get to say hi before he said, boys, ask me fucking anything. Let's go. Yeah. I was sort of like, good on you. Good on right. you. Good. He was like, I'm here. Let's do it. Whatever you got, throw it at me. I wasn't here. He talked about his family man. and got, like, all these sort of things. He got deep. I was like, wow. Yeah. Oh, Dell, he's an open book. Wendell. He's bringing the hammer. The truth is coming out. Not holding back. Latrell's Luttrell, going to end up. Like, Latrell, Cody Walker. Yeah. Alex Johnson, they're all going to end up in that league, you'd think, wouldn't you? I think. Mean- what, what, what Luttrell, I said. Like in the next century, when we name the team of this century, if he goes on, it's going to be someone another decade pretty plus. good to get past. Yeah, like you said, Thurston. I've, I think in my lifetime, again, you've seen a little bit more than me, but in my lifetime right now, in terms of Indigenous players, I think Thurston's the. Yeah, he's the one. Like GI and that probably have more gifts physically or more freak moments, but you want to talk about pure winning ability, yeah, games taken, like JT's the, the standard. JT, mate, without an argument. But, like, you want to talk about the flash, the difference in wh- how they did it between GI and a guy like Matty Bowen. Like, I used to love watching Matty Bowen. Him and JT together were just lethal. Yeah. Good. That, I remember back early, when I first started betting on footy. I love that early Cowboys team. Him. You couldn't bet any time try scorer. It was always yeah, just first, first try, try scorer. But, and, mate... Matty I, used B. Back, I used to back Matty Bowen, first try scorer, and just cash in. Mate, that group when they had Matty B, JT, Payne, Luke O'Donnell, Matt Singh, Ty Williams, like all those guys together. What they a, had Trunk. Shane, Shane Trunk. Who is the red nut? Steve Southern. Steve Southern. He used to yeah. cut some people apart with his bicep guards on. 
Dallas Johnson played there for a while. DJ too. was there for a bit. They had Travis Norton in the back end. He was a good player. That year or two when they were like in the grand final on that. Uh, who was the big fella? Rahihi. He had the big fluoro boots. Paul Rahihi. Paul Rahihi in the front row, carrying the ball. Yeah, before Paul Rahihi. And uh, who's the guy who's the trainer now from Para? Who had some good years here? Ash Graham. Paul Bowman. That like 05 sort of group. And beyond oh, for a few yeah. years. They had a very good team. Chilling. Rock and Rod Jensen off the bench in his Josh headgear. Hanno. Rock and Rod. Yeah, Rock and Rod. In his headgear. The blue and yellow, white. The 04 Cowboys team, almost. They should have beaten the Roosters. They should have beaten the Roosters. Should have. But unfortunately. absolutely scraped through. Yeah, they sure did. And then they got done. Who was the half that... I think he might have head-hired Freddie late. It wasn't Furman at that point, was it? No. Because Furman no, went to the Roosters. see his face. He played at St. George for a little Justin bit Justin Smith. Well. Justin Smith. Justin was Smith was a solid player. Too. He was a good player. He played at South too. Yeah. Cowboys, yeah, he South. Did. Yeah. He played the Tigers early. Maybe West. I'm really showing my depth of knowledge here if I get that one. That was like 2000. I was 10. Like when you Google him, he's not even the first guy that comes No, that's Justin Smith's a pretty common name. You have to put Justin Smith rugby league. And yeah, 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 mate. Your Googling skills are questionable. Love he's from Narrowmine. North Queensland, South St. George of the Laura. How many games? 100 and something? 142. Lock and halves? I remember playing some lock too. Yeah. More of 5'8". Yeah. He was more of 6, but I remember seeing him play 13. Narrowmine, New South Wales. How good's this guy? Justin remember Smith. Justin Smith took Freddie's fucking head off. <laughs> <in the plan. laughs> not, not as good as the one that... Tried his best Adrian Moore Mate, impersonation. I worked with an angry Dragons 2004. fan. Sorry to keep rubbing in Dragons fans. He still hasn't let go of the Storm Grand Final. He's like, that wasn't a fucking penalty try. I'm he like, partnered Thurston in the halves in the 2005 yeah, Grand, Grand Final. Grand Final. He was the six. Yeah. He retired from the NRL in 2008 following a shoulder injury. Yeah, well, I certainly remember him being solid. He was a good goal too. Good player. Fourth of Chile. How long was he in North Queensland? Five years? Four years? Three. Okay. I was going to say, I remember him at the back end. No, five, six, seven, eight. Four. I remember him playing for South when they first come back in. Born on the 9th of August. There you go. Day after you. What year? Uh, 77. Oh, wow. Okay. Nine years old. Bit older. Day, pal. I was going to say, he wouldn't be that old, would he? But he's fairly she old. Sorry. in a four prelim final. <clears throat> Sorry, Justin. I might have to go back and watch that game. I do remember watching at the time, and I, there was a dodgy call, wasn't there? Wasn't there there a was a couple of controversial There, there was a penalty goal or something. There's another game I've actually always wanted to watch because I was driving to camera at the time. Bulldogs smacked the Panthers 30-14. to 14. Tigers oh, Dragons. Man. Remember Tigers Dragons 2010? Yeah, good game. Someone, I, I had listened on the radio because I was in between Canberra still at the time. And I remember Classic a few people. finals, Roosters versus Cowboys. Here saying, watch it. Roosters versus Cowboys 2004 match center. Ugh. What are you looking for? 1916. You're looking for who played? There's no team list. No, I don't want that. That's list. a flashback. Oh, I've got to have an NRL account. Get out of get out of town, mate. Get out of town. All right, let's wrap it up. We've You're gone telling 20. me I can't access the information. Mate, mate. We've gone down a rabbit hole. We've got an extra 20, and now we're fucking fired up facts about Justin Smith. Hello, Justin, wherever you are. That's okay. People who listen to this show, they love this. Go deep. Deep dive. They like this. Deep dive for the team. It's an invalid email address. Yeah, my ass it is. This is intriguing stuff. Watch Brock try to log in. Here we go. I'm in. But is there a team list? There's not. There's no team list. You can't give me any more information. I'm looking at the play-by-play because I want to see whether... I'm pretty sure the Cowboys hit the front. Is that even going to load? 
Oh, it's just giving me nothing. No, it's giving you nothing. It's just going to give you a score. It's, it's giving me nothing. In the words of a guy on one of the sites I was working on a couple of years ago, someone let you down. It was actually him. No one's let me down. No team stats. No, I let you down. It's giving you nothing. Give me, give me Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, brother. Yeah, brother. We done? Or you got any other, any other zingers? Oh, any other, other brain busters? <laughs> Second preliminary final. It was a Sunday, Arvo. Yeah. Well, there you go. Go back and watch it. All right, that's the suggestion. The other one, I, I recommend. Your fucking homework. Man. He recommends prelim 04, Cowboys Roosters. One v seven. That was the game, right? One two thousand and four prelim. Tries for the Roosters: Ryan Cross and Brad Fittler. Ryan Cross. Tries to North Queensland: two to Ty Williams, one to Paul Bowman. Sydney Roosters: five from five. Craig Fitzgibbon. Field Fitzy. goal: Brett Finch. Good kick. Jeez, don't say that name too loud. Whew. Shit. Tell you what. So On report, go. Luke Rickardson for a careless punch. He got two matches. Excellent. That was a controversial moment. There you go. Luke Rickardson, I reckon he punched the piss out of Justin Smith. Well, we can both we can both throw it at There there, was right? a ha ski if, if you want to watch some classic games, Brock recommends 2004 prelim, Roosters Cowboys. I recommend 2010 prelim, Dragons Tigers. Yeah, Dragons Tigers. All right. Kiss Marcel. Kiss Marcel what? If you want another good one, which I loved, Manly Roosters. Isn't that the one where Sauer kicks field goal? It's like 9 8 or something? Or yeah, it was a tight game. It's a crap game. The other one that I loved because there was so many. That's like, the George, George team just made every game boring. Yeah, they did. They sure did. So, yeah, thanks for the. 20. Uh, thanks for. If I want to fucking fall asleep, I'll watch that game. 2013. <laughs> look, mate, Dragons fans have had enough tonight, right? Yeah. They've had enough, mate. Oh, man. In the words if, of Crawls, If mate. you're going to go back and watch a game, if you're a Dragons fan, just go had, watch the 2010 Grand Final. They had slaps of get the, beer. Get the baby all On out. their shoulders. People were running out of the house. <laughs> Matt Dufty sprinted away like Sonic the Hedgehog. Was Griff the coach that year? Griff. Uh, was what? he the coach of the Dragons that year? When? When they won it? No, when you're, the Paul Crawley thing that you're talking about happened. Was he the coach? Oh, yeah, I think so. He Three was. years. Slaps it. What was Anthony Griffin doing? He should have been there. He knocked back the them having a barbie at the club after they were told yes. That's why they went off and had another barbie. That's why it happened. (laughs) They had they had Meatgate. They're like, this is an outrage. (laughs) Took it upon themselves. (laughs) They took it upon themselves. And then they had to hide to come out and go, Well, Ben and Tarrant didn't come out because they're in origin camp. Everyone else went. (laughs) And the worst part is you had a chance to sack Corey Norman and the others and you didn't do it. Great club work. Let's just reflect on the last God knows how many years. Oh, yeah. the slipper on my rear any further. Tim Mander, what a ref. Timmy Mander. Who's he who was the was he the one who used to go on the microphone on kickoff? Uh yeah, it was oh no, I think that was Sean Hampstead. No, nah, it wasn't Hampstead. It wasn't Mr. Bean. Tim Mander? I'm pretty sure it was Timmy Mander. He's like a politician now or something. I've seen him on. Is he? Twitter He's a liberal somewhere. politician, isn't he? Puts stuff up all the time. I'm like, Timmy yeah, Mander. They always used to turn Justin his, Smith to Timmy Mander. They used to turn his mic up on purpose and you'd hear him go, woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo on all the kickoffs. He's he loved some, it. He's got some massive issues. He did. He's a shadow minister for police. Shat. Deputy leader of the opposition. Because they got locked up, they won't let me out. There you go. 2012, he's a member. Timmy Mander. You know what date he's born? 9th of August. There you go. No, 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 no. For any of you anti-vaxxers. Conspiracy theory times. Born on the same day. You know what I was sort of straight over then? Ace Ventura in the first movie. Finkel, 
Ironheart, Ironheart Finkel. Finkel is Ironheart. Ironheart's a man. Justin Smith. Timmy Mania. Timmy Mania. Justin Smith. 2004. Luke Richardson. I wonder if Tim Mander. No, Paul Simpkins refereed that game. Paul Simpkins. I mean, if Tim Mander refereed that game, that would have been all. Awesome. You know who I miss out of all the refs? Because I just thought he yeah. stayed out. The Chech, mate. Mate, the, the fact that they ran him out of town. You're a fucking embarrassment. It's disgraceful. Honestly. Chech was the best. The best ref. Literally. Yeah. No doubt. And you fucking, you iced him. Good human too. Yeah, you pricked. Anyway. Tell us, please. Tell us. Julius. I'll tell you who was very good in um, air. Oh, in air. Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker was awesome. Oh, when he just goes on his rants all the time. You know what I liked? Jason Bateman just stressing out all the time. <laughs> so it was good cast. It was. It was a ripper cast. Very, very good movie. And even having the Wayans brother play like his mate that he went and seen, I was like... It was very like, it was very predictable. You could see it. Was well, you've read that book. I borrowed that book off of when you... Yeah. I read it when you used to have it. Shoe Dog, wasn't it? Yeah. It told part of the story. I haven't yeah. re- heard the part about Sonny Vaccaro, but I'd also watched the 30 for 30 on Sonny Vaccaro. They blamed him basically for... The monetization and the NCAA, and then he ended up taking the NCAA on in on behalf of course, the players. Yeah. yeah, so he basically almost righted the wrongs that they thought that he started. But I knew a lot of it going into it. It's, it still excited me watching the movie. Though. I was like, "This is a great story." Yeah, it's a cracker. And yeah, when he rocked up at the house and had that conversation, there, I'm like, "This, this is good. This is good. This is quality. This good is in. good acting. Good insight for the team. Just that little bit of backstory." Well, it's not a fucking documentary. It's a movie, mate. It was, mate, but it just... It gave the moment. It had the cliffhanger. Are they going to get him? I'm like, even though I know it's a global brand, I still see, will they get it done? I was nervous. There it's, were beads of sweat running were, down my forehead. <laughs> I was sitting there, the drums... <laughs> the drums were bleeding. I People was the dragons have been hiding under the doona. <laughs> that was one we forgot before. What did he say? He goes, oh, as you can see there, talking around <laughs> Webb, didn't have many answers. They've been... The people at the Dragons have been hiding under the doona the last few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> hiding uh, under the doona. Like, that's, he had mate. the biggest cheesy before they cut back to him. Oh, he was ready. Great. He thought about it just before he goes, oh, I've got one in the fucking pot. Wait for this one. <laughs> he just dropped it. Yeah. Uh, you can see there, Ryan Webb, not very much out of that chat. Deflecting, not many answers, but this club has been hoarding under the doona. Under the doona. The last few weeks. Wow. <laughs> While the drums have been bleeding. Drums are bleeding. I think we're going to have to put him in a jiu-jitsu armbar if we want anything <laughs> further from Ryan. Yeah. Now let's hope that their new coach has a bit of that in him, the dark arts. Bit of the dark arts. The answer for the future coach after fucking four months of nothing is a pineapple. It's a pineapple. How good. All right, let's get out of here. Yeah, we shall do that. There you go. If anyone's still listening, as I've said, you've heard just some late night insanity and a bit of rambling. And th- this is not even scratching the surface, some of the shit we usually talk about when we're just hanging out. So, yeah, yeah there you go. But again, thanks for a good week. Box, good luck on Sunday. If uh, anyone's interested, if you're a Dogs or a Parramatta Juniors fan, 5pm on the uh, Eels Junior Rugby League page for their match around for their 16s age group. Plenty of good future players in that. Uh, and if not, you've obviously got eight games of NRL. So, If you're in Canberra, don't heckle me, please. Don't heckle you. Don't heckle me, gosh. I think you'll be right in Canberra. I'll be safe. You'll be right in Canberra. Don't abuse me, gosh, okay? 
And anyone from Canberra out there, you can let me know. Does Unibar still exist? Is it gone? That three-story building with the pool tables that used to sell $2 spirits and I'd be fucking mook-eyed. That was a great time. Mooseheads. Unibar. Brilliant. But, all right, let's go. Enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where are you, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?